Wife called. Pardon the outfit. I assure you I am a lawyer. Drop it. Duncan and both come correct. Five by five <laughs> in the pipe is six syllables. Well, hey, me- I'm on my flight plan is like a million syllables, if my right, math well, is right. Uh, five by five on the pit, and then I've got to think about what's five by five, and that's square, right? And then the pit, oh, oh, that. Don't have to do that thought with the other one, Bill. <laughs> it's all right. Look, welcome to Duncan and Bo uh, Come Correct. This season, uh, and, and the end of the first season of, of this Thank nonsense. Christ. Uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, Duncan and Bo slash fiction. Our look at the first season of Slasher. Um, what a long, strange trip it's been, so uh, Duncan. Um, so yeah, every two weeks. So, like, this has been a sixteen-week journey. Yes, it's taken us four months to get through the first season. If uh, my math is right on that, and uh, you know that feels right. You know. That that's the proper <laughs> oh what what horrible tortures I have for you sixteen <laughs> weeks doled out slowly oh so slowly that's what Uncle Frank Skinned was watching in that room when he wrote Help Me I'm in Hell it was just season one of Slasher yeah <laughs> on the TV in the background hi did hi you yeah. oh Cam I love you oh you're a killer. Uh, <laughs> so we'll skinned and forth to bathe in lemon water. Ooh. Oh, oh my or god! What slasher? I would bathe in lemon water skinned. So no, you would not. I it, fuck it. That was painful. It's, it's not good. It's not good. And we're look. <laughs> it's we're not good, Duncan. It's what I'm saying to you is it's not good. I, nobody is gonna is gonna stand and or sit here and no. try to defend season one of slasher as a good program i would love to hear them try however duncan yes i i propose to you that oh, I've, I accept. I've wow current's gonna be to, very upset i <laughs> so yeah different time zones so it doesn't count oh uh, oh yeah i got gotcha. you international rose bowl five by five in the pipe um, so I'm sure yeah. that's what that means. Yeah, that's that. That means butt stuff. Yes, that's exactly what um, I thought. So, anyway, <laughs> Duncan, it's going to be a silly one. Yeah. Oh, the, but what I was getting is, I've had a good time doing these shows. Like I, I always look forward to to the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it it was an especially difficult journey through the season because it's hard to give a shit about a show that doesn't give a shit about itself. You know, yes, it's, it's yes. why most relationships fail, quite frankly, Duncan, <laughs> it's because you need to care about yourself before somebody else can care about you. And much the same way, I feel like taking slasher aside and being like slasher, you need to take a swim in a big old like you for yeah. a little while and learn to care about you as a show before you uh, come back to the airwaves. Yeah, so. or, or, or just maybe just read what you've written first and just see if it makes sense. I mean, I'm just, you know, just see if it all adds up. <laughs> yeah, see if any of it makes sense. And yeah. also ask yourself this question. Does every character that I've introduced have a payoff in some way, or at least mm-hmm. we send them off in a way that, that feels somewhat satisfying? Uh, no? Well, maybe it's time to, you know, take another pass at it. Yeah. 
Write oh. that script, put it in a box, put that box away for six months, come back and mm-hmm. cold read it and That's see right. how you feel. Don't write that script. Don't proofread it. Don't do anything. Green light a show and then get halfway through it before you're like, eh. <laughs> well, let's just keep going. We've got the money. I mean, yeah. This will end up on Netflix. Um, right. So. One day, David Cronenberg will be on this show. <laughs> I still don't know how this is making sense. I, like, right. Out with Canada. Out with Canada. I, I feel like either it, they just shot it in his house. <laughs> or. or you think, you think David Cronenberg is an unwilling participant for the gorilla <laughs> shot at Rimdy's property and he's just in the background, like, I don't know, cooking hot dogs or something. It's much the same way that they shot... Uh, the movie in Bowfinger where no one really knows that they're in a movie. And like when it came out, David Cronenberg was like, I'm in what? I'm in a, a, a program called slasher. No, that's not right. I mm. would remember that. Uh, Did Brandon set you up? Did, yeah, is, they, is he responsible for this? Remember uh, when the really bad actress bumped into you at the grocery store? Yes. I do remember that you were being filmed. Oh no. It was, it was all a ruse, David Cronenberg. <laughs> uh, so, Anyway, um, we will, I am, but I'm curious to see the evolution from like this season. I want to know what these other seasons are like, because I've heard. I've heard it's worse. So the evolution is a bad evolution. But, but it's got to at least be different. Devolution? I don't know. Devolution. Devo, right? Devo. 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 Are we men? No, we are Duncan and Bo. Um, we are Duncan and Bull, so. <laughs> I've got, somewhere or another, I've got that shirt, the uh, Are We Men, No We Are Devo uh, T. Anyway, doesn't matter. I'm not giving it away. I don't even know why I brought it up. You, just bragging. I, yeah, if anything, just, you're flaunting your money, Bo. Just, I have this t-shirt that I don't wear that nobody will see. Uh, so. Listen to Rockefeller over here with all his, <laughs> his vanity t-shirts, yeah. <laughs> So I I, I I I I bid you two seconds to look at my Devo T-shirt collection, right? In the Devo wing of my house, <laughs> and then the door will close again for another five years. <laughs> right? It's like Panic Room. Um, it's like a big safe door. Where you use one of those ones that are in the back with a big wheel that you have to. Turn yeah. Around. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Everything that's happening right now is legitimately true. That's what's in both house. The, right. Most importantly, everything that we're saying is true. Um, true. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing, though. We're not going to jump right into the next season of Slash. Because we're not fucking sadists. <laughs> well, technically, that would be masochists. Uh, either or, neither nor. I'm making you watch it, and you're making me watch it, so I can work both ways. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so what I, our listeners are making us watch it, so definitely. Uh, you know, I if we took a poll, I'd be curious, and we're not if going we took, to. Yeah, if we took a poll, I know what the outcome would be. Duncan and Bull should watch more slashers. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It would. Yeah, it would be like you need to watch these specific episodes because mm-hmm. those are the worst, and we want to see you suffer. Yes, you pretty know. much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, what episodes I have to show you. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but what we're going to do for a little bit of a, a, a bump in between, a little bit of a power. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, this is Pinhead stand up comedy routine. Hello. <laughs> a man walks into a bar. Oh, no, it's an iron bar. Ouch, my head. <laughs> Remember, tip your waiter. <laughs> 
Ah, yes, yes. Uh, A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, why the long face? Because he is a horse and he has a long face. Not that he has been trapped in a a strange machine, tortured, which tore his face long as Jesus wept. That would be the movie and not the horse. Ha ha. (coughs) (laughs) You kidding, bro? (laughs) It was like I choke on your bad joke, Duncan, and impression. No, that was my impression of the audience. <laughs> it's good. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, pretty good. So here's what we're going to do. And I, I could not be more excited yes. to, to reveal what our, our sort of interstitial, hey, let, let's just goof off for an episode episode is going to be. <laughs> let's have some me tape. Yeah. How about, how about, how about Doug and Bo just enjoy themselves for once? How about that, everybody? Would yeah, that, is we, that so we, wrong? Well, there was t- conflicting ideas. We went with your idea because ultimately you edit the shows, so I kind of have to go with your idea. Sure. My idea was a luxury spa mm-hmm. weekend where we get uh, Manny Patties, and um, I was I was very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, facials, and you know, we, we we dine on some nice food. We have some uh, delicious uh, Cava wine, mm-hmm. um, to sit down and have a, a nice like a nice organic breakfast. Um, uh, and you know, like just be treated like the kings that we are, Bo. And then you told us that sadly, all the money has went into the production of these shows, so there ain't no money left over because people aren't buying enough t-shirts. Buy the t-shirts, um, so we can get that spa day, ladies and gents. So instead, yeah. what we've opted for is your backup plan, which in hindsight is much more practical and doesn't involve us breaking any international laws or any laws in general. Um, are being brought up on charges of indecency. So, Bo, what is the idea? What are we doing in two weeks' time? In two weeks' time, uh, Duncan and I will be doing a a review of the 1981 uh, record album, Duran Duran. The first release from the band Duran Duran. We will be going track by track. Uh, discussing each one, the merits of each. Uh, some longtime listeners may be aware, Duncan and I um, enjoy the Duran Duran. And yeah. so, I, you know, I don't know how many of these uh, we're going to do. Uh, you know, Duran Duran put out a lot of records. I say we get to seven in the Ragged Tiger at least. Oh, I mean, a, a minimum. Yeah. A so, minimum. you know, and hey, ordinary worlds out there so it is, it's out there to be claimed so yeah. we, we will eventually get to it. it's only a matter of time yeah so but okay so here's the thing uh is that because of copyright issues next week's show will not <laughs> be live have- because we can't just play duran duran music live as much as we want to and just yes. have like no audio for us as we just dance around like fucking idiots right um that is that that can't happen but um, and also duran duran are on a major record label yes. that will sue the shit out of us and as large as dbcc or dumbo co is yeah um it, you know i can't take on a, a warner brothers or a sony music just no not a, moment. not a multinational like that we don't we don't at have those moment, kind of lawyers a couple of years Couple, uh, yeah, yeah. Give us time. Us. We need to move some shirts. Like you said, that was a well, well said. Um, Thank you. Always hustling, boy. Nice. ABH. Um, <laughs> so. It's a weird way of spelling now, but. Yeah. Uh, but there we go. <laughs> uh, but uh, 
that is not to say that you will not be seeing a video show. We're just going to be recording it and then editing it in such a way that we can bring it to you without, uh, you know, getting sued or blocked. So, yes. so, yes. but yet you will, this time in two weeks at this regular time slot, uh, you will, you will get, uh, D- Duncan and Bo versus Duran Duran. And, uh, I'm excited. Look, Hey, there's some bangers on that first album. Yeah. And, uh, you know, girl, girls on film is one of them. Mm-hmm. We will, we will be talking Anyway, I, I couldn't be more excited. It is totally off topic for us, but kind of off topic is what we do. Um, yeah, kind of made a history and career of just doing off topic. So. It's kind of the basis of this show is, hey, we have to do a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> How about when we do a thing together? It's just whatever the fuck we want to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, welcome, welcome to the fuckery. Um, I think that was a Panic at the Disco song. Welcome, welcome to the the black fuckery. Yes, Um, very well be. At any rate, let's start the show as we normally do, Duncan, with uh, a quick summary of uh, some movies we've been seeing. One good, one bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's uh, let's kick it over to you. How do you want to start this thing off? I'll start with a good. um, Now, this has a caveat. I've not been watching a lot of films. Um, well, not films that we could necessarily just sit down and chat about on this show. Uh, and that I'm doing a lot of kind of stuff right now in terms of prep for summer series, and I don't want to get sure. too much away on that. Uh, but um, I did manage to sit down and uh, partake. And here's, here's the the world I live in has a list of about 50 TV shows that people have recommended that I watch. It's an extensive list. It keeps getting added to. So when the opportunity is afforded to me to start a new TV show, what do I do? I pick a show that's not on that list box. Mm-hmm. Um, because I hate everyone. You should watch Ted Lasso, but go on. You told me, and it was on the list, Bo, and it's not been watched. Instead, what I opted to do, mostly off the back of the fact that I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla a lot at the moment, um, I started watching that Vikings TV show. Are you aware of this? I Yeah, I, I somebody explained the, what is it, the Blood Wings or whatever, and I was like, I know, I saw Pumpkinhead too. Yeah, and that's that is a real thing as well. Um, although mm, we're gonna get to mm, we're gonna get to, and uh, <laughs> um, so I, I'm just gonna preface it by saying really enjoying it. Uh, first season had some primo kind of head Errol chieftain action by one Gabriel Byrne, who I just he's, he has pretty much a mullet, and I'm like that is the Gabriel Byrne I want forever. Um, <clears throat> he's also a baddie, uh, so he's he, uh, so yeah, so. I've been enjoying it. It is, however, for a show that the History Channel put out, maybe one of the most... It's up there with Braveheart in terms of one of the most grossly historically inaccurate programs <laughs> I have ever fucking seen. Like, ever seen. Like, the show sets up, like, the very first episode, they're setting up, like, none of the Vikings know that England exists. They just know that there's no, there's nothing to the West. It's like the flat Earth theory. Like, if you see yeah. the West, you fall off the edge of the Earth. And I'm like, mm, right, let me just, mm. no, like the Saxons had already invaded. The the Romans, for one, had been to England. The Saxons had invaded England. Saxons are Germans. So, I mean, that's just below, like, that's just below, like, Denmark. You, yeah, you think word would have gotten out, but all right. And it would have, because there was trading routes about 100 years before the legend of... Uh, 
uh, was it Ragnar Lothbrok? So Duncan, knew- we're trying to make a TV show here. We're not yeah, trying. Like, to, we're not the, trying to the, teach a bunch of kids a bunch of bullshit. But what they could have done is they could have just prefaced it by saying something really, really simple, like um, you know that the Earl knew about it but didn't want to sell to it or some shit like that. But it's like he it used the first. Hey, a bunch of this is made up. <laughs> Yeah, like literally, like they arrive, they arrive on the like they, they sail over uh, as an affront to their arrow. This is all first episode yet, and they arrive at a monastery and just fucking ransack the place, murder everyone. Sure, um, as you do, as Vikings do, I mean, um, as I do when I come across a monastery. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's in like, me. It's the DNA memory, Duncan. Is the they just wipe out the place, and it's like they've never seen these Vikings before. Like, they've never heard of them. I'm like, once again, I don't think that's right. Like, so it's just, like, just wee things where I'm like, mm, like, the like, petty shit. They refer to themselves as Vikings. That's not true. They're Northmen. Um, that's how they would have referred to themselves. Vikings is the term of what they do. They go Viking. Um, so, All right, well, it's that- just, like, shit like that. Like, some of the weapons don't make sense. Uh some of the time period don't make fucking sense. That, um, that sounds like a, a big asterisk for your good of the week, but, but all right. it is exactly what I want from a TV show minus a historical inaccuracy. Um, it is a show where Vikings are talking about the, the culture of being Vikings. <clears throat> and, they're, you know, and then you get to see the raids, which they don't skimp back on so they show you you're you're basically following a group of people that do fucking very horrible shit um like the the wiped out whole towns <laughs> like um did a bit of raping while they were doing it as well um and just were generally relatively fucking horrible people however um it's, it's good. It's good. I'm almost finished season one already, uh, and it's been it's been you know a bit of fun. I can, the sad thing about this, very much like the whole Braveheart thing. Once again, Braveheart is not a good movie. But anyway, um, the you know who likes Braveheart? Non Scots, uh, like which says everything. Um, so the yeah, and also Mel Gibson kind of poisoned that well too. It's you know I think Braveheart is one of those movies that was really well regarded at the time and my impression is that as time goes on more and more people are like alright we were all a little high on <laughs> Mel Gibson but you, you, I think I think people like to romanticize the idea of <clears throat> who William Wallace was of course uh, very similar to the, the whole yes. Rob Roy movie when I'm like that uh, <laughs> right right taking Liam Neeson standing there you know you're, you're talking about money I'm going to come for you. Um, you know, as I'm watching that, and whilst it's great to see that, uh, first thing, Rob Roy wasn't as tall as Liam Neeson. He was realistically about five foot six, not nine foot ten. Uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, fucking unreal. It's like, it's like when, it's like when yeah, Tom but... Cruise played Jack Reacher, and you're like, Jack Reacher's like seven foot in the novels. Tom Cruise ain't no seven foot motherfucker, right? Dude's five foot four. Anyway, right, like, but he was, um, Rob Roy McGregor was a thief. <laughs> yeah. A thief from a band of thief and, you know. I mean, his I first like, name is Rob. Yes. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I see. It's in the name. Um, so I'm like, you know, when I watched that, I was like, there's this kind of romanticized, you know what it is? It's, it's fucking, it's, Billy Connolly has a great, skit where he talks about um the highlands being full of english people who love the idea of being scottish and living in the highlands so they all move up and they change their names to like the first names become surnames 
Like, uh, oh, what's what's Mackenzie doing next week? Oh, Mackenzie's <laughs> hanging around with Cuthbert. Yeah, uh, you know, like all these like fucking stupid like like that. Like, just not Scottish names. Like Scottish surnames is first names because they like the idea of it. And I think that's what those movies are. And Vikings is uh, a TV show which is basically someone's wet dream about. Um, you know, having no horned helmets as well. That kind of confused me. Vikings wore horned helmets. Yeah, that's one of the things I think about when I think about Vikings. We have historical evidence of that. Um, Also, the longships don't look right. But anyway, the the, the fun of it isn't just the general... And the 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 blood angels you were talking about, or the uh-huh. blood eagle, or whatever we're talking about, um, a practice which is alleged to have happened. But if you read the early text, uh, it was maybe not as gruesome as the later texts that came out when people did that thing that they like to call embellishing. You know what I mean, Bob? I I've heard of it. I've never engaged probably, in it myself, but probably it probably started off as a nasty paper cut. <laughs> By right. the end, by the end of that Chinese whisper line, it was like your lungs are pulled out your back and used as wings. It was a guy who saw an eagle. <laughs> they were like, "Who? Jerry?" And he was like, "Yeah, did he die? No, no, no. He just say he saw an eagle. And he tripped and fell, and he he cut his he cut his leg. I mean, it bled a fair amount though. It was it was deep for a leg cut." Good. Yeah, it was, it was deep. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it, but while I'm watching it, I'm like, no, no. And then I could only think to myself, like, this is the history. Like, my my, my new my new thing is that I think the History Channel has basically become MTV. You know, what MTV used to be all about music. It's all music all the time, and then it just became like shows like The Osbournes and The Hills uh, and shit like that. And you know, like the fucking Tina Maria's Tartan tofu or i don't know it was just like loads of fucking weird shows it was all reality shit that appeared no music anymore i think the history channel's done the same thing because anytime i've ever been on that channel they're talking about alien conspiracy right i I was gonna say this is not a new thing like there was a whole meme that started years ago about how the history channel has just become you know it's a haven for conspiracy theories and Hitler videos. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda confused. Like at the rich pantheon of history that we have out there, like I don't think the history channel has run out of stories to tell. There's plenty Duncan, out there. The good news is we learned everything. Oh, that's that's good. So, so we'll never repeat those same mistakes no, again. Why would we? We have a never. whole channel dedicated to telling us how not to. And so, okay. and we got it. We a message received, Duncan. No mistakes on this end, right. sir. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's 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 fun, trashy TV, which I imagine became greenlit off the back of Game of Thrones. I'm so, sure it must have been. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it for all its inaccuracies. So that's my that's my good with a caveat. Okay, well, I'll give you a good without a caveat. Oh, go for it. Uh, I caught up to thanks to Shutter. Finally, caught up to Zombie for Sale. Uh, oh, which is so fucking oh, good! What a delightful movie that is! What a what a charmer! I knew you'd like it. Is. I said I said you would like that. To me, is uh that well, that that was made. Um, I'm trying to think, what else came out that year from Korea? Oh man, it's like just like there was another movie which I, I ranked really really highly that year from Korea. It was in a similar sort of no, it's not. It's Japanese. It came out. It was made the same year as One Cut of the Dead. Yeah, which is interesting because they're 
there's a similar vibe to them. It's not. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think zombie for sale is as gimmicky, and I don't mean gimmicky in a bad way at all. I know what you mean. Know you know, what you mean. it yeah. just doesn't like uh, one cut of the dead has its turn, and and zombie for sale isn't trying to play any tricks on the audience or anything. It just it's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how much that movie is in love with other Korean films. Yeah, it like that is a movie made by Korean filmmakers who are like. You know what? Korean movies kind of rock everybody. <laughs> We're pretty good at this, guys. Yeah, like it turns out we we kind of rule the school when it when it comes to making, you know, kick-ass genre movies. Yeah. And there are like little touches of even like old boy. Mm-hmm. There's that one stairway shot where you're like that is that's a that's a Park Chan-wook shot. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a an obvious direct reference to Train to Busan and like it it's a movie that loves being what it is which is a you know sort of this kind of a love letter to korean cinema in a lot of ways and as well as being a really you know kind of well done story about you know consumerism and all that kind of thing like it does all the things that a zombie movie ought to do but it also has this this sort of reverence for uh for the the art form of cinema Mm -hmm. And 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 Korean cinema in particular, but uh, and it's kind of sweet and dopey and silly and yeah, it, you know, like it, it it's got wonderful characters. I really like I, one of the when I start watching it. One of the things that I fell in love with immediately is when you realize that they're all kind of grifters a little bit. <laughs> every single one of them. Yeah, every every single person in the family is like always looking for an angle. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and, and like the ultimate fate of the father and everything I thought was wonderful. Like everything about it, it makes all these little decisions that wouldn't necessarily, you know, sink the movie if they made the wrong one, but man, it just like every little detail is just right of like, oh, that character is so good. And, oh, I, you know, the detail of, oh, there's the cop again. And now he's all, uh, (laughs) anyway, it's. It's really, really solid, and 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 actually, when it becomes a zombie movie, it's a pretty good zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it, it does. It, it handles all those aspects surprisingly. Once it like Korean kind of ability to tell a story which weaves like comedy and drama and romance and action and horror seamlessly, like. They just they craft their sco- their stories very very well, and the the greatest traditions of 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 good storytelling. No story should be dry and one style. It should it should weave, and this is the moment that the audience gets behind the character and gets all the. It, it does, but they make it just look so easy. Like it, yeah. was, it was never a thing. <laughs> like I don't know why other people struggle with this. This is so easy to us. Yeah, right. Like wh- why doesn't everyone make? great movies like this like mm. you know like even at the beginning when you're seeing those old men for the first time just kind of by the side of the road yeah. watching this kid zombie get chased and stuff mm-hmm. when they're just like is something going on <laughs> this like there seems to be a lot of activity today a- activity today in a way that that we normally don't have around here um it's really yeah a, a, it's such a wonderful little uh film Lori saying it sounds like uh parasite with zombies eh, kinda there's I mean, there's dark humor in it for sure and certainly the family in there she had a bit of dna and yeah in that they are kind of grifting but it's it's like a different 
Well, there's no one rich in the in the film, if you know what I mean. They just happen to be grifters in a town which doesn't afford them the opportunity to be ever well ever become rich. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, it's, it's excellent. No, if you've not seen it, I highly recommend it. So at Glasgow Fright Fest two years ago, and um, it almost almost stole the whole weekend for me. I come out buzzing about it. So, but yeah. then I had also seen Saint Maud. Uh, which I was just like, oh, two extremes <laughs> of thought. Yeah, yeah like, like, I try, but I think they may have been shown on the same day as well. I think Zombie for Sale was played after. That's um, wise. Mod, well, I was just like, yeah, you can't do that the other way. You can't send me full of joy in that movie, please, because <laughs> it will start it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know that's i was kind of in the mood and i knew you had uh recommended zombie for sale and and said it was uh a, a really kind of winner of a crowd pleaser of a movie yeah and, and an audience setting like that was like it got laughs all the way through um so yeah i mean that's once again the the ability to take it's a, it's a universal language of comedy as well to be able to get audiences to laugh at things on a completely different part of the world where they've grown up with completely different experiences, like they can't relate the same way to a lot of what's in that movie, specifically over here when it comes to the dynamic of family and shit. So, you know what I mean? Like like Eastern cultures, the, the, the you regularly have like three generations living under one roof. That doesn't necessarily happen in Western cultures. So um, the ability to, to uh, all that stuff. Uh, but once again, it's just like, this is a story. It's a great story. Watch us watch us nail it <laughs> yeah and make it look like it was really easy right and also you're gonna gut laugh you know yeah. two or three times you know when th this poor kid gets hit by a truck and goes <laughs> flying and stuff and like it's it's it, you know it it manages to be like goofy and heartwarming and kind of like scary and gory at times mm -hmm. and it's just just terrific. never in my life have i wanted to munch down on a cabbage covered in sriracha sauce as much as i did watching that movie man um that that whole crazy love story with like the zombie and Hygul uh is so it just because she's just a weirdo goth kid yep. you know and anyway it's it, uh, a wonderful movie. If, if you're listening to this, uh, you're probably convinced by now, or you never will be. And um, it's on Shudder, you said. It is It is now on Shudder in the U.S., just yeah. uh, landed yeah, this it. week. So there is no excuse to, A, not have Shudder, and B, uh, to to not watch Zombie for Sale on that uh, quite, quite fine service. Um, Duncan, it is time, then, to talk about bad movies. Uh, what, what have you seen? <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, once again another caveat here. Um, I can find it. I I'm one that finds the charm in this movie, but I regularly admit it is not a good movie. So go on. And this is this is not. No, you've seen this movie before, so it's not as if I'm bringing like some fresh tasty dish to the, you know the, the the banquet table that you've never had before i'm not saying that the gum that you like is coming back in style bow is what i'm saying um what i'm saying is that if you have the opportunity and you haven't seen it in a while and you are inclined to watch things that feel like how did this get made? <laughs> then I recommend everyone check out the one of the last great Fulci classic movies, Cat in the Brain. Oh which, right, yeah. 
Oh, hello, hello. It makes me very happy when I watch it, but I know people have told me it's just a bad film. And I'm like, ah, well, you're not wrong, but Filchie's dressed like Elmer Fudd. What's the one with John Savage? The, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that same... Like doorway, do- something. but that's the real crap one for me. Yeah, but the, the, it's those, like, Cat in the Brain is surrounded by those. Yes, That's the problem. Yes. Like, he basically, he, he had his, um, right up till he did movies like uh, Anima and um, a, even, like, a Murder Rock and stuff like that. He had, he was still doing interesting stuff, and then his health started going down pretty bad, and he made a lot of right-for-TV movies, and just, like, derivative shitty movies like that, you know, derivative of, of his own, like, making. And that's why I kind of love Cat in the Brain. Like, Cat in the Brain, like, no one else, unless I'm, unless I don't know, <laughs> like, out there, no one else has really done a movie like it ever where the director directly puts himself... The closest you could get to it is something like... And I'm not comparing the two. <laughs> I just want to stress this. It's like maybe Roman Polanski in The Tenant. Um, right. Where, like, he himself is going crazy in that movie. He's playing a man going crazy. Um, that's essential what Filchie's doing, but Filchie's dressed like Elmer Fudd, and he's running around with an axe covered in red paint. And it's... <laughs> It's kind of glorious to watch. And then he just blatantly takes footage from a previously shot movie and then just intersperses it, uh, it in as events that are happening at the same time simultaneous. And it's just, it is a, it is a bizarre, weird oddity of a movie. But to me, it, is, it once again shows that even, even later day Fulci was still pushing the boat. They were still making things that, to me, I, there's so much... I could talk, like, for hours about the camera work, the story direction, the weird scenes, actually how it, it makes more sense than it does on the surface. Um, I, I can't say that, for example, I get the same conversation uh, talking about, like, Argento's Phantom of the Opera, which, you know is bad, you know, <laughs> like, and came out about the same time. So I'd like, you're not going to get the same degree of, of kind of conversation on that one. It just feels like, well, Argento saw this script and just decided he was going to make it for, because it may be interesting him, but he didn't know what he was doing with it. So he just did it anyway. Whereas Cat in the Brain very much like, it feels like Filchi trying to parse out weird parts of his psyche on film so it's it's not a good movie Uh, even if you're into italian horror movies it's a niche one even if you're a filchy fan i think it's a stretch but for those with the the fortitude and disposition um it's a bizarre and fast infinitely fascinating watch so that's my caveat with that one as well i've I've came with baggage is what i'm saying there's a lot of gray in my recommends this week um and that is, you know, unashamedly not a well-made movie, but at the same time, it's a weirdly well-made movie. So I, I like the fact that, that it is. yeah, so. but you know, we contain multitudes, Duncan. I like that you're kind of pointing that out yes. with your picks today. That not everything great is is, uh, is you know impervious to criticism, and not everything yes. terrible uh, is is utter garbage. There. are Shades of Grey, as uh, you eloquently sh- pointed out. Yeah, Shades of Grey. Now, this is where you come in with your bad, and uh, I- I'm interested to see um, if yours has any Shades of Grey or if it's just... 
Yes. She's a bramble. No. Uh, <laughs> no, there is no brown note this week. Um, <laughs> the thing I've been hunting for for years, Duncan. The elusive brown note. <laughs> one day I'll find it. And one that when I do, I'll rule the world. Um, <laughs> they will the call me Dr. Pooh. Um, the land of the brown note. The man with the plug up his butt is king. The man with the white undies is king. <laughs> Uh, I oh my god! I don't know how to to weave a supervillain searching for the brown note into anything, but I need I need that comic book. You'll find it. You'll find it. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, no, no, no. This is very much a uh, Shades of Grey kind of thing too, because it's really not a terrible movie or anything. But I got my problems, Duncan, with uh, one Godzilla versus Kong. So I've not seen it yet. It okay. is, it's on the chart for us. We're getting the wee one to watch it at the moment. So we've just finished all the Jurassic Park movies and uh, we're now switching over to, to do the Kong Godzilla movies. So we watched Godzilla last week, which revisiting that, I stand by it. And I, I know there's a lot of people moaning that there's not a lot of Godzilla in that movie. I don't care. When Godzilla shows up, he's fucking badass. So suck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. I like that movie. It's... It's, it's, it does a lot of good things for me, and it gives me the money shot in that movie is fucking bonerific. Oh, that right down oh, the gullet. Yeah, oh, it's just, my and God. then the head, he just told him that, that the fucking head that's been melted off the body, and he just drops it. And I'm like, yep, that's the money shot right there. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a movie, and yeah. I don't remember a whole lot about that that Godzilla movie. But here's 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 my here is my point. If that movie had been full of Godzilla from start mm-hmm. to finish, that shot would not have been as poignant because there would have been a lot of Godzilla in that movie. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the genius of that movie. Plus, it's the first fucking movie. Like people moan about, like, sorry, Bob, I'm hijacking your conversation. People moan about some weird fucking shit. They will sit down and watch a Batman movie where for the first hour he's not Batman. And then the last hour and a half, he's Batman, and they're fine right, with that. But, but it's not like in Godzilla, there's a giant lizard that everyone just knows as Kevin. And then yeah, at, but, at a certain point, he's like, ha I've been Godzilla the whole time. But, like, like, <laughs> but they, they, they set up that he's he's existed and he stayed out of sight. So that's yeah, enough yeah, yeah. for me. And there's plenty of shots in that movie of, like, there's a great... <laughs> It's a great bit where I'm like that. Yeah, like if I, if I was impatient, this might piss me off, but I kind of love it. Uh, where like he arrives at Hawaii, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's just about to hit. Like it's about to set up something, and then it's like film footage on the news yeah. of the after effect. Right, so you didn't get the battle scene, but you can see what the damage is. And once again, to me, that's just adding. That's just adding to the the eventual you know battle but I, I can see why that might throw some people off so tonight we are doing the kong skull island which mm. i do like as well so i'm very much looking forward to sitting down to that you watched a movie which you were kind of really all about uh on the lead up to it so uh hit me with it you said it's good and bad oh may i now yes yes um <laughs> i've set you up so, I'm very much like I'm like James Brown's helper that puts the coat on him. I put the coat on you, and now you can fling it off and stand back and go, ow! Yeah, except every time I start seeing it, he comes back out anyway. I'm like, hey, get, <laughs> get the fuck off. I'm not ready for the cape. Get up off that. No, no, no. I'm get not up off of that thing. 
Stop talking about Godzilla. Uh, so. <laughs> so, anyway, Duncan, uh, here here's the thing that I think I realized is, um, I'm not really crazy about this mythology that they're building at all mm-hmm. in, in these in these movies, and they've they've kind of peppered it through with all the monarch stuff. And King of the Monsters is really where they blew it all up, and I I just don't care. Like all this, oh, there were titans that were living in the earth, and then blah, 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 and then here they are. I'm like, I don't need all that. Uh, I just I just want <laughs> I just want this big monkey to fight Godzilla. And how I long, want how long is but, that movie? Uh it's like two hours fifteen. I mean, I mean, like how that. long how how long is that movie without all that human shit? Well, okay, so here's the problem. Here's the problem. Is not only do you have uh, the kind of mythology that I don't care about? Mm-hmm. There is an entire subplot of this movie that it comes directly out of King of Monsters that mm-hmm. does not matter at all and is occasionally painful to watch. And and it it's tough. It's a tough set for those scenes. <laughs> and <laughs> but but Duncan what and like I'm a big uh, Adam Wingard Simon Barrett fan. I think they've done yeah, some amazing my... work. Yeah, and I what I think he does right in in kind of uh, it reminds me a bit of the guest mm-hmm. is another good example of this of like look when these big monsters fight it's gonna be ridiculous and it's mm-hmm. gonna be colorful and it's gonna be over the top and mm-hmm. that stuff is awesome. But everything around it, it's like the, the, the icing is delicious, but the cake is all made of like old figs. I like figs. <laughs> I know you like figs, but this is old and it, it tastes a little musty. And Ooh. I think somebody like overdid the coriander. Oh, what are they doing? I don't know, Duncan, but it, it, it fouls up all the icing. It too. doesn't work more. That's what I'm seeing. It doesn't work. So I think what I'm going to end up doing is licking all the icing off this terrible uh, over-coriandered fig cake where mm-hmm. I can see myself going back. Like, there's a battle scene in Tokyo that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it, It's visually stunning. It's really fun. Uh, you kind of it, – it has that old-school feel where you kind of – get the sense of what the monsters are saying without some stupid kid coming along. That's like, Hey, I, I was telepathically communicating with Godzilla and he, he says this, Mm. um, (laughs) but, uh, also where was Mothra? That's the other question I have is where was Mothra in all this? That's a bummer for me. I mean, bull, I don't want to, I don't want to be the dude. I don't want to be the dude. You're literally, you are explain. you are, Putting right out here the problem I have with every superhero movie post the Avengers. Yes, go on. So right, oh right. So uh, Iron Man's like stuck in a, a jam. Uh-huh. Oh no, where's all these supernatural, super powered buddies? Where are they? Oh, they're not. Oh, oh, they're all conveniently doing something. Well, isn't that convenient? And then the next movie comes out. Well, oh, the world's in trouble again. Where are all the? Oh, they're all busy. All right. Well, that's 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 convenient. Uh, and then the next movie comes out, and I'm like, oh well, surely. One of them's, oh no, they're all busy again. All right, that's... I will defend the decision because Mothra, historically, all through the films, from the mm-hmm. like Showa era forward, 
yep. has always been a lazy bastard. <laughs> Mothra has you always have to talk Mothra into doing anything. Most of most of the movies that Mothra appears in, every time you see Mothra, it's just all the villagers on Infant Island being like, "Hey, Mothra, would you mind saving the world?" And Mothra's like, mm, "Probably not." yeah until finally the twins have to come out and sing the special song that's like we really really mean it this time (laughs) and and then mother is like all right like stubs out a cigarette and mothra sounds like axel rose before a guns and roses concert yeah it's a real two hours late on stage and, uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Axel. They're gonna t- they're gonna tear the place down. Right. I prop right here. Here is your Evian that you wanted. Your sang Pellegrino fizzy water and and yes, I managed to find you beluga caviar somehow in South Africa. Don't ask me how I did it. I may have had to murder a man. Can you please go out there and sing <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so that's my ultimately my problem with with those movies is. Every time they start to get like really silly and goofy and 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 kind of be the movies I I sort of want them to be, um, they pull back and and throw in, uh, you know, like Robert. How much of that do you think that's? How much of that do you think that's Adam Wingard, and how much of that is the studio wanting more movies? I I'm sure there's a template. Yeah, like that script had to be approved by who knows how many people. Yeah. So I'm sure that, like, this is definitely much like the Marvel thing where it's like, hey, if you're a director, you're coming into this universe and you can play with these toys, but there are rules. And some of those rules are going to be like, hey, you don't get just, like, script approval and stuff like that. Like, James Gunn probably has that deal where he's just like... Hey, I can write whatever I want, but I would imagine this is a a, a franchise. Yeah, like the ones, but that's those are the those are the better ones, are they not? The they for sure they are. Yeah, personality on it. It's like like I'll tell you right now, you could you could you could pay me cold hard cash to sit down and watch those first two Thor movies, and I ain't doing it. But you put on Ragnarok, I'm watching that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's sort of the lesson that Marvel learned over time. Was that I, I don't think they do it so much anymore, uh, where they 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 do that tinkering thing. But I guarantee you that Thor Dark World was, you know, there was a boardroom of people trying to figure out how to make Thor happen, uh, and it just turns out you need a weirdo to direct Thor movies, and yeah. and that works out. But um, yeah, I, like I said, I don't think this is a terrible movie, and there's really cool shit in it, and the Kong character is really good. He's not hooked on berries which is a bummer but you know i don't get everything i want um but but that's also kind of the problem is that for me being an old school godzilla fan the fun comes from the stuff that's like oh kong does love them berries and i mean he's like he's hooked on that shit and that's how you get them to do stuff. And Mothra is a pain in the ass to wake up and get to do anything. And mm-hmm. Godzilla, frankly, doesn't give a shit about anything but getting away from everybody else and just doing Godzilla shit. Yep. And like once you get out of like the original Gajira and stuff like that, where it's real super serious. But as it gets goofy, that kind of goofiness is what was really fun about it. And and every time that you get that in this movie, then we have to cut away from it to go to something that doesn't matter isn't entertaining isn't even very well done um and and feels like 
not what I came to see. Uh, but that all said, I would still, if somebody had enjoyed Skull Island like you did, I would mm-hmm. still say like, ah, you know, you should see it because there's, there's enough of that Skull Island kind of like, let's just have these monsters fight vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's a, you know, several rounds of Godzilla and, and like, they don't skimp on that shit, yeah. which is good of like, Hey, we are going to have Kong and Godzilla fight two or three times and it, it they are going to be barn burners mm-hmm. you know and anyway super that part of it's super fun the rest of it eh, you know but that's kind of always been the problem with godzilla is that all the character shit doesn't matter and you just want to see the monsters fight um <laughs> you know ain't nothing new under the sun as they say duncan um i'll tell you what what are you telling me let us uh gather some questions Oh, do we have questions? We do have some questions. I uh, love the question, but so let's see. Uh, I think we've just got the one uh, today. That's unacceptable. I I called out a little earlier. So if you are uh, if you are in chat and would like to ask a question, feel free. As... If you do not want to receive the ire of Duncan, then what seems like a goblet in Skyrim, the ire yeah. of Duncan. <laughs> it does. It, I must go on the mythical crest of Habujan Jar to find the ire of Duncan. It, <laughs> it makes you laugh hysterically, yeah. and uh, and and uh, also say it's fucking brilliant <laughs> and question the historical inaccuracies of TV shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially Vikings. Yes. yes. Um. Okay. So uh, the Ram Man axes us. Um. It's almost an unspoken. Oh, uh, let me let me take that again, Duncan. <laughs> you're gonna say unspoken, and then you couldn't pronounce it. I, yeah, then my tongue just swole up in my mouth. It's like, almost a no. Yeah, I felt like Macaulay Culkin in My Girl for a second. Oh, just, soon, too soon. Nah, it's, look, not Macaulay, the bees, bro. Not the bees. Macaulay Culkin is 58 years old. I think I think we're past. He's going to be in the new season of American Horror Story. Is he really? Yeah, and I will watch that shit because I think Macaulay Culkin is a fucking national. You ever listened to his podcast? I I have not. I I've seen yeah. the stuff he did on uh, Red Letter Media. I thought that was great. He's he's kind of amazing. Yeah. He's, he's like he's 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 very very strange, and I kind of love him for it. So yeah, that's that's the impression I got, and I'm totally fine with that. He he deserves it. Um, he's done all the drugs, bro. All the I, drugs. <laughs> I would left. be shocked if he hadn't. <laughs> he was the left. party monster. He was the party. He is the party monster. Um. Anyway, back to the question. It's almost an unspoken rule that every director eventually loses their touch with age. Uh, the examples he gives here are Carpenter, Craven, yeah. Argento, etc. Uh, so we, we he's focusing on horror directors. Yes. Yes. Right. Go. Um. However. How would you uh, explain guys like Mike Flanagan, who is now 42, also not that old, you son of a bitch, and Guillermo del Toro, who's 56, uh, and they still seem sharp as ever? Um, Uh, I think, just to to throw in here, I think if you look at their collective bodies of work, they've just not made as many movies as the names you mentioned. Guillermo del Toro doesn't make a movie every two years. For a while there, Carpenter was. Wes Craven certainly was. Uh, our general was for sure um, for a long period of time. So I, I think it also speaks to, to be fair, 
Guillermo del Toro has hit his stride. If we, if we, we'll go through the names he's mentioned on his list, and then we'll come back to the ones he mentioned. So the first name he mentioned was Carpenter. Uh-huh. Look at Carpenter's run. Like, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about bad movies here, right, Carpenter really only made three bad movies in his career. A career that spans, what, over 15 movies? I All right, let's hold right, on. We're going to have to let's fact fa- check Yes, we, we yeah, are fact fa- checking real time. John so, Carpenter. Yep, go last, for the start. Okay, so go first of all, let's, let's point out he is currently... 73 years of age and he plays xbox and loves it it's and not, i love the fact that he's doing that not the point uh <laughs> so he doesn't care he's like that they didn't have these computer games when i was in the 70s hence why i made all these movies now they do so fuck your movies um also by the way uh credited as uh, a writer for a handful of episodes recently uh, just for various shows. Oh, Slasher. So, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> Season four of Slasher, written by... Starring David Cronenberg. Yeah, written, written by, by John Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, but the last uh, official movie he did was The was War, the War, right? Yeah, which which was he written... did when he was 62. Yeah, and, and when did when did that come out? 2010, yeah. 2010, right. Uh-huh. So, like, right, so it's the last movie he did. Um if we jump back before the war, the movie before the war was what? Ghost of Mars? Ghost of Mars, which was nine years before that when he would have been 53. Yeah. Which I want, like I say, like, I think, I still think time will out in that movie. That is a big, dumb, goofy movie. And I kind of, I kind of like it. I, I do. I don't think it's, once again, it's the issue is that it's put against Carpenter's back catalog. I think if you remove it from Carpenter's back catalog, there are a ton of directors right now trying to make that movie. <laughs> like essentially trying to make a movie as good as Ghost of Mars and can't do it. Uh, there's tons of indie filmmakers out there trying to do the old kind of siege sort of thing. Uh, only look at The Void, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, which uh, uh, yeah, I'd probably rather watch Ghost of Mars than The Void. I'm with you on that hundred percent. That's why no one will ever love us both. Uh, before that, he did. Um, the vampires before that vampires was before that then escape from la then village of the damned which is kind of a bad run none of those are particularly great uh, i like vampires it's all right and then uh in the mouth of madness in 94 is kind of the which last is, stone cold classic which i would argue is up there amongst his best so yeah and so th- that would have put him at 46 when he made his last right so 46 is when he made his last classic how many movies did he make before that uh right well i mean that's where you get into (laughs) this is just stupid um because before that is sit down and drink this in ladies and gents (laughs) right because before that you have uh memoirs of an invisible man which is fun they live prince of darkness big trouble in little china starman christine the thing escape from new york the fog that elvis movie someone's watching me halloween assault on precinct 13 and dark star Right, fucking so, mic drop, right? Like, give the man his couple of movies which weren't incredible, but they're not bad. And, like, and War does not a bad movie, it's just not a great movie. And it's really about 20 years where he made, you know... Some of the, some of the most... Right. About a movie every other year for 20 years. And, yeah. and, and they those movies, incredible. you could argue, are some of the most important movies ever released in our genre. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. But but I think the point being like, hey, after he hit that forty six year old mark, 
But uh, I don't think that I don't think that counts because Craven was Craven was older than forty six when he made Scream. All right, so to that end, let's so uh, let's turn to Craven. Yes. He doesn't have the same lofty career. Actually, there's a lot of bad Wes Craven movies earlier in his career. Like right, like, Hills of Eyes Two is not a good movie. Um, so he was. Let's see. So he uh, was the oldest. Yeah. So he was born in thirty nine. Yep. Um. So he did. Uh. Da, 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 da. His big stuff was like. I mean, he was in his thirties when every, he started. He had, he had one. Yeah, one in every decade. So well, like one, Last House on the Left, he yep. was thirty three. Right. <laughs> so I mean, he started late. Yes. Um, Hills have eyes. He's thirty eight. Yeah, which so how old is he when he does Nightmare on Elm Street? He is, is what eighty five, forty five, forty right. 40, so he's just hitting. He's Flanagan's age when he makes Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Uh, when he makes Scream, he is six fifty seven. Right. And, and you could argue Scream is his last great movie. Right, but that's still he's almost are, sixty yeah. at that point. That's a, yeah. The that's rest are just Scream movies. Run. Yeah, so like, screen movies and some movies which are just eh. so. What I'm saying is like, but he's not as consistent as Carpenter because if you look at the movies in between oh, no, no, Hills no. Have Eyes and Nightmare on Elm Street, it's things like Swamp Thing, Deadly Blessings, um, fucking uh, Hills Have Eyes Two, uh, just some not very good movies. And then in between Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, you've got Serpent in the Rainbow, which yes is a great movie, but Shocker's kind of cheesy. Uh, Vampire in Brooklyn is not a good movie. There's that Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street movie where it comes back, which is interesting. It doesn't. It's not a great movie, but it's an interesting concept. And the people under the stairs, which I mean, I love unabashedly, but I would understand if someone didn't. So what I'm saying once again, like, and then his last one was Argento. So Argento yeah. is to me Argento is the one that that drops off quickest out the lot. You want to would we would we say Phenomena is the last great one? I mean, that's removing opera from the list. I love opera. I think opera's okay. I think opera's grossly misunderstood. I, I, after opera, opera's realistically his last great movie and then yeah. you have a few spattered after and that. that like, I like his segment in uh, Two Evil Eyes. Sure. I think Sleepless is a great movie. Stendhal Syndrome is an interesting, albeit uncomfortable movie to watch. Um, and yeah, I have a soft spot for uh, Mother of Tears, but I know it's not a good movie. <laughs> right. So, but um, I mean, his run is kind of 75 to 87, which is Deep Red, Suspiria, well, Inferno, Tenebrae, that. Phenomena. I mean, his run is opera. 70. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're with right. the Crystal Plumage, yeah, yeah, uh, right. Cat and Nine Tails, right, Four, Fives and Grey Velvets, maybe the lesser one, but I really like it. Deep Red, um, well, he made a comedy in between, but won't discuss that. Deep Red, Suspiria, uh, Inferno, Tenebrae, <laughs> uh, and Phenomena, and then Opera. I mean, like, and there's a couple of years in between all of them. How old was he when he made Opera? Uh, he was 47 when he made opera. Right, so he's Flanagan's age then, but with, he'd, he'd, at that point, he'd already made Suspiria mm-hmm. and Deep Red. Uh, you know, I mean, so I, I think it's, I think, and it's, un, it's not necessarily fair, I think, to even compare Flanagan and, and on this one, because I think Flanagan is a director who doesn't quite fit the mold of most of most modern horror directors and that I think he's been afforded the opportunity 
to to really settle down and do some of that King product, um, but also like expand into to doing specific Netflix stuff, which has allowed them to do, you know, like Gerald's Game is not a perfect movie by any stretch of imagination. It's a good movie. Um, its biggest issue is that it adheres too close to the book at the end. Um, and Doctor Sleep, you know, there's studio interference there. So it's a great movie, but there's like, it, should, it should just be his original vision for that sure. That director's cut is it's fucking great. so good, man. That, it's, I can it's see one why of my the favorite studio, King adaptations. Yeah, I can see why the studio didn't put it out, though, because they're like that. Yeah, audiences are not going to sit through this. And they're not wrong. Modern audiences don't want to sit for a, a three-hour movie. That's that's yeah. not that's not incorrect. There's, there's <laughs> data on that one. They spent a lot of money on it, but Flanagan... I mean, look at his movies and look at which ones are actually critically held up as great movies. Oculus wasn't, even though we love it. Mm. Hush wasn't, even though we love it. Um, so they're not critically great movies, they're audience great movies. Whereas the flip side, um, well, maybe there's a bit of Carpenter in that then as well, because Carpenter's, a lot of Carpenter's movies have become I th- critically fashionable. So I think Flanagan and Carpenter have actually very strangely similar careers yeah and and i think that i i think flanagan will eventually be seen in in a similar light yeah and the, um, the last one the last one i would mention is you mentioned guillermo del toro yeah and guillermo del toro's had a couple of stinkers <laughs> and also just doesn't make that much stuff his yeah, output's he, he, real real thin but he does me, a lot of production stuff he's behind the push for a lot of filmmakers he's he's invested back in the industry yes, without absolutely. him you wouldn't have movies like the orphanage or a lot of alex Iglesias stuff or you know like um he's he's done a lot of that stuff behind the scenes which i kind of love about him but you could also argue the movies that work best for del toro are his own movies absolutely the ones, and those are very he's a different kettle of fish yeah, in yeah. that is he's trying to work in a hollywood system trying trying to produce spanish language movies and argento didn't have to ever worry about that because yeah. there's a massive mechanism behind him in italy that would allow him to make whatever the fuck he wanted so yeah del toro has successfully avoided the tim burton fate which <laughs> is to become a parody of himself and, yeah, and, and so let me a couple of things from chat that i i think are are really insightful bring in um, first of all thanks for everybody uh hanging out with us today dave uh howdy uh but um Lori says uh i don't think that these directors lose their touch so much as they get nostalgic for the movies that they love and yep. start remaking like stuff from when they were a kid that feels sort of out of touch and and, I, think I think it's just in general, filmmakers, those sort of filmmakers are like a lot of John Carpenter's in his movies, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of John Carpenter. So that kind of, you know, not being, uh, not wanting to play by the rules, not wanting to work within the system is all ingrained in these movies. But there's also a worldview, which essentially is no longer there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's that's, I, I don't ever think, I, it's like, it's like any great artist. What inspires you has he has he time frame, yeah, of right. interest. And then when it loses that interest, De Palma is the greatest example of that. De Palma is a guy who was never never seen as being like the the guy. Critics, a lot of critics loved him. A lot of critics fucking hate him. Um, and yet he managed to have a run of movies which were nothing short of extraordinary right up to right up until his his biggest his highest grossing movie 
And you put this into the context of someone that did fucking Scarface and the Untouchables, like, and all the other shit that I love. His biggest grossing movie is Mission Impossible from 95, which I don't really? argue. Yeah, it's, it's maybe his laziest. It's his highest grossing movie. Yeah, um, I mean, it's very much a, like, hey, I'm going to do a Tom Hollywood Cruise, movie. It's, it's Tom Cruise that's in it. So yeah. uh, that's why. It's, but so that's his highest grossing movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, that makes you, sense. He's cataloging movies. You know, I'm really, really interested. But he's a guy who, as soon as Snake Eyes flopped, um, he was like, yep. <laughs> no one's going to finance my movies now. My voice isn't relevant here. And he's done a ton of French and European finance movies, mm-hmm. and all of them are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he said it himself, if you ever want a good a good um, window into a director's mind of someone who is kind of losing their touch, so to speak, I, I go back to this all the time. The De Palma documentary, which is just purely called De Palma, is mandatory viewing for anyone interested in film because it is, they have him in a room and he just talks about his career and he talks about all the Hitchcock shit that he got landed with, you know, just ripping off Hitchcock and things like that. Hitchcock was, maybe still is, one of the most important filmmakers of all time who kind of patented the style of thriller that I loved. So yeah, if you're saying, did I rip off Hitchcock, I told stories just like him. So if that makes me a rip off artist, I'm a rip off artist. But you know, like he's, he's, he's blunt on everything, but he says it himself. He says, if you look at Hitchcock in his 50s, Look at where his career went. Right. He yeah, he ended up doing like, you know, uh what frenzy and rope and yeah, uh, family is, plot. Yeah, frenzy is the one I always come back to. Frenzy is a nasty fucking film. Yeah. Or wasn't that, that the R rated? Are they only R rated Hitchcock yeah. film? And yeah. that's that's why it is a nasty piece of work by a guy who was he made that in his seventies. I think that's his I think Frenzy might be his last movie. And it's it is surprisingly dark mm. for for a director that had already made movies like Psycho, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, like, which isn't terribly sunny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's. It, I think I think, but De Palma sums it up really, really well. That there's a point where filmmakers should stop making films, but as artists and very much like fighters, there's always there, that. There's well, a there's all there's always one left in me. Maybe right. this you know, I might have one more story to tell. Um, to that end. will go the same way, uh, and Del Toro might never go that way. I don't know. Um, Alan McPherson in, in the chat has Hi, the Alan. best example of this, which is George Miller, who oh God, at yes. the age of 112 <laughs> you bad man. Was, bad. was like, hey, what if I'm making the best Mad Max movie of my career? <laughs> and... A cross between an Australian man and a chimney sweep. I'm not entirely sure where he's from, but I like it. Yeah, well, you know, that's how he talks. Oh, Joe, Mary Poppins, here comes fucking Mad Max. Do you want a tangerine, Mary Poppins? <laughs> um, that, That's the word for me, tangerine. It's uh, also how you get into the Kiwi accent. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, George Miller's a, a great... Uh, example of George Miller actually made though. I what else does he have to do? What does he have to prove to you, Duncan? After after being a million years old and making Fury Road, which is one of the great action films of all time, it's it's up there amongst one of the greatest action movies of all time. But what was his movie before? How long was that, Babe? Because that that movie was. 
that movie was fucking a decade in the making. So yeah, I'm, well, but that's the thing is George Miller is not also a very non prolific uh, filmmaker. Yeah. Um, but you know, when he comes out with a movie, I I would argue. Let's look at the at the list real quick. But so he's got Fury Road. Before that, he did those Happy Feet movies and which oh, are so not fucking dead all oh, that's right which are not bad movies they're, they're you know yeah but they're, they're animated though oh yeah and before that he did babe pig in the city which is a super weird movie <laughs> um then he did lorenzo's oil which is a good movie yeah what year was that though uh 92 right and so. then witches of eastwick was five years before I that which is an amazing movie i love the witches of eastwick, then a so. couple of years before that is beyond thunderdome which is yeah weakest of the mad max movies probably but still really good has tina turner though in a bitch and soundtrack and and like there's plenty of good about it um yep. road war 81 mad max 79 uh so yeah so he started at the age of 34 was Mad Max. Fuck's sake. So, you know, uh, by the time he's... 112. Yeah, I mean, he. well, he, he, at this point, he's uh, he's 76 he, right now. He, I, was, I, thought, I thought he must be tipping his 80s. Um, yeah, he's, he's getting real close, but he's... And he's got another know, one coming out? He's so. got He's got a movie in pre-production... And one in post. Oh, shit. Uh, The one in post is called 3,000 Years of Longing, which is Idris Elba, Tilda Swinton. Oh, boom, boom. Listen to Let me just give you the the synopsis of this. this, I'm just saying you're very happy. I can't see what's written on the screen, but the word monkey might be in there. (laughs) It's better. (laughs) A scholar content with life encounters a djinn who oh, offers fuck. her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. Their conversation in a hotel room in Istanbul leads to consequences neither would have expected. It sounds like a happy, happy Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. Just Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton acting across from one another sounds oh, yeah, great to me. That's, that's some good casting as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's his his next movie, and then he's in pre production for Furiosa on for yeah. Furiosa, yeah. which is yeah. uh, Anya Taylor Joy as that's as Furiosa. Yeah, that's a great bit of casting, right? Like, so yeah. To that point, uh, first of all, Dave, uh, my British accent is amazing. It is not dreadful. You just haven't been to the parts of England well, where no, people no, speak this Bo's, way. Bose, like, yeah. Well, here's the point, Bose. English accent there was supposed to be an Australian accent. You so. son of a bitch. Um, like, I think that sums up everything. Bo's English accent was supposed to be Australian. So. It's it is it's something I work on. My dialogue coach says that I'm the best in his class. Have you spoken to the witch recently? Because I'm fairly sure he's going to tell you that you're talking shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, the point, Duncan. Yes. Is that I think I think George Miller is kind of the exception that proves the rule, which is it's rare for a director to be, you know, outside of like a Scorsese or somebody like that. One of the greats. Well, I was going to say Scorsese is a good example. I would argue, even though he's off the wall and does a ton of documentaries, Werner Herzog. Uh, yeah, I mean, Werner Herzog can do no wrong. 
Eight. So, you know, I mean, there are directors out there. I think in the horror genre, I think when you stay exclusively within the horror genre, um, financing becomes very difficult to... Georgie Romero is the one I always come back to. Georgie mm. Romero could only really towards... The, from For the last 20 years of his career, could only really get greenlit movies that were about zombies. Yeah, and, of the yeah. dead had to be in the title or it was yeah. not going to get made. Yeah. And I mean, that's a criminal fucking shame because he's a great director. Um, but that's just how that's just how financing works. You know, they can't they won't give you it. It's why John Carpenter isn't making movies anymore. He only made the ward because and he, and this is in his words, it was in 20 minutes drive from his house. He would not have made it otherwise. And I, once again, I will just say the ward is not a bad horror movie. It's just not a great Carpenter movie. Eh, I don't. I think it's a pretty dull and it's, flat horror movie. It's regardless. not a bad horror movie. It's not a bad horror movie. The acting is is good in that movie. It's just it feels like a very predictable plot, which yeah. is not on Carpenter. That's on the script. So he directs that movie well. You can listen if you are given a tangerine, you can't turn it into a Satsuma. All right. Well, look, we don't make up words on this show, Duncan. So we're going to move Satsuma on. Satsuma isn't a word uh, that's been made up here. That's a real thing. Um, agree to disagree. So <laughs> the <laughs> the when in Rome, when, when in Rome, Rome. yeah, yep. Uh, I'm not not exactly sure what that means. Um, <laughs> we have come, ladies and jelly spoons, to the even, the finale. Didn't even change your ex. Your expression didn't change or anything. You came right there. What? Uh, all right. You're one of so, those ones, aren't you? You're one of those silent comers. <laughs> it's just a slight raise of the eyebrow and Bo's popped. You know, I've never had children, Duncan. But <laughs> this is the what I'm feeling right now is what I, I am sure that uh, a lot of fathers been, feel. Have when, you ever uh, been a substitute teacher? I have, as a matter of fact, the, yes. The, this is the experience right now, isn't it? Yeah. I, I Yeah, I was a substitute teacher for a little bit when I was yeah. uh, going to school to be a teacher mm-hmm. uh, when I was in college. And that was before I, re- I you know, I started actually doing the in-classroom stuff <laughs> where I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like these children at all. Um, it's not just these children; it's whole children. Yeah, yeah. It turns yeah, it turns out uh, when, when it comes to anyone under the age of I don't know twenty seven, mm-hmm. I just don't give a shit about them. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't really have a good story about substitute teaching other than the fact that I did it. Although here's here's one thing: uh, I I had to do a substitute teaching stint one time in a uh, a special needs classroom. Mm-hmm. And there was this kid, and it's just something that you're not used to, right? Where there's this kid who's like actually strapped down to oh, this this kind of cot as they're teaching, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like this seems like it, it ought to be against the law or something. Is this right? And they were like, no, "We can't. You don't understand. We cannot. <laughs> we cannot let loose those those bonds because if we do, and this happened last week." At some point in the class, this kid will jump up, run out that door over there, and we've got to go catch him. (laughs) And this will happen at least three times a day. So they had to get like all the like the parental permissions and all this stuff of like, hey, we got to tie your kid down for a little bit every day. (laughs) And yeah, 
That's like the, the fucking. Like, it sounds like Bo's like the guy at the start of twenty days later releasing the monkey. <laughs> I mean, look, I did not. I did not interfere in this situation. I, th- again, this is another point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be doing this. I don't know if I want to <laughs> strap down children as a rule. I don't want to be running after anyone. Yeah. Want to teach them English, I, right? <laughs> all I, yeah, I just want to teach them a love of literature. It turns out <laughs> kids don't give a shit about that. No. Nope. Um. So anyway, uh, we have come to the end of season one with with slasher. Yes. Episode eight here is called "Soon Your Own Eyes Will See." How bad this story is, <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you about this. So let's jump oh, into this. Yeah, some of this is, we were talking just before we hit record, some of this, I had to stop this last night for laughing. I actually thought I was going to wet myself. So um, I'm glad that I, uh, I'm glad that we got through it. And um, it is just when you thought Slasher was some of the worst you'd ever seen, it found a new level. <laughs> this is pure nonsense. Um, yeah, like, you mean right from the start, Bo? Yes, yeah. yes, it is. <laughs> well, so, it's on everything we know about everything. We begin in the year 1996, <laughs> where where a young Cam is walking around his house like fucking Michael Myers. We get the I whole just, like yeah. POV shot and everything. Heavy breathing, heavy yeah, breathing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is absolutely ripping off Halloween. Yes, and he creeps into his parents' bedroom, mm-hmm. and they're both asleep and then the mother wakes up and it's who like, is arguably the worst mother in tv history well you know sybil was on television Doctor. <laughs> um <laughs> just pointing it out you know that's a pretty high bar <laughs> don't know this woman who's by the way a brand new character that we've uh, that has never been mentioned before to the best of my knowledge yeah yeah, another thing I really love is how this show is is quick to recontextualize everything whenever it feels like it yeah, needs remember, to. Remember when the priest had a wife? I bet you were wondering who Cam's mother was, and I was like, actually, I wasn't at any point. <laughs> like, right? Well, you know, uh, I, she's got the rarest action figure. <laughs> Those things go. You find a Cam's mom in box mint. Like she, she's the it's, she's the card that you want to trade for if you're playing top trumps for slasher. Yeah. Oh, you. She's can, the one that's unlimited abilities on everything. So you can you can put your kid through college. hundred um, hundred and all those points. Like a uh, sass, a hundred. You know, <laughs> like child abuse, a hundred. Um, lack but, of sleep, one insomnia, insomnia rage, one hundred. Um, I want that card. She is not pleased at all to be awakened by her child, especially because he's in a pig mask. Well, yeah, which we never explained, but that's okay. And it doesn't come up again, so don't worry no. about it. No. Uh, but she gets out of bed and is just like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, huh? What? I was I, I was sleeping. How did I, how'd I get in here? No, how am I wearing the mask? Right. How? Where did this pig mask come from? Why did you buy this for me? Yeah. Why? I like. I'm a, look at me. I'm a child. I couldn't have afforded this with my pocket money. You bought this for me. Right. Why would you do this? Why? Why did you make me go as a pig boy for Halloween? And why would you leave it in my room when you know I sleepwalk? Why wouldn't you hide it somewhere, like in the loft or something? <laughs> why did you make my my teachers change my name in the rule books from yeah. Cam to Dirty Pig Boy? Yeah. And also, 
why wouldn't you just make sure I went to the toilet before I went to bed so I wouldn't have made the accident you're about to get really unhappy about? Oh, right. So she starts yelling at this kid who then yeah. pisses himself and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you pissed yourself? And then... <laughs> She's, she tells him, I'm going to get you a diaper and I'm going to make all the kids in your school look at you in your diaper, you stupid baby. Yeah. And this poor kid just loses his shit. Well, and this, gives, this poor kid, this poor kid just woke up. Yes. But <laughs> right, woke up to his there. mother's. Screaming at him and humiliating him. He's like, no one's more surprised than the kid here who's woke up in piss-soaked pajamas and wearing a pig mask, having his mother scream at him about wearing a diaper. Well, but it's not its not so nice as all that, Duncan, because as soon as he shoves her down the stairs... And well, she, he, push, he pushes her down the stairs. Yeah, and, and she, you know, clumpity-clumpity-clumps down snaps. to the bottom and then yeah she's dead the real kind of death becomes her moment you know yeah I mean? except she doesn't come back <laughs> right yeah and and cam gives this like creepy damien smile like mm, now now we see who has pissed themselves mother <laughs> how do you enjoy the release of death <laughs> father uh, you will become a priest i am off to my bed <laughs> father clean this up because like the dad's like cam what have you done cam my wife no yeah and then cut to credits and yeah i'm like oh so he was so there's yes. been a killer in the temple mm-hmm. he's been going around murdering people mm-hmm. and at no point did the reverend which by the way you might be thinking to yourself maybe he had a like maybe he had a suspicion no 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 the next scene will prove that he didn't have a suspicion. At no point did the priest think, wait one second, my kid used to wear masks and killed my wife. He had a troubled childhood. Maybe it was him. It's it's so ridiculous. It's so baffling is what I thought when I was, I was like, this is just, no. Yeah. Also, also, woman clearly has been pushed down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Any police investigation would come to the bottom of that. Likely the father would do time because it would look like he did it, not the son. Um, so our reverend would be sharing a jail cell with, <laughs> with a resident serial killer. I just, it's all, I, I mean, the police ineptitude will follow on to the end of the show where what should have happened is an all like gun, <laughs> like a fucking, a firefight! Um, which doesn't matter. <laughs> But we'll, we'll, we'll get, yeah, but so this is so we're now. Remember when Cam put away that box at the end and revealed, revealed him as a killer? Now we need to explain why he's a killer in the most generic, eye rolling sequence of well, he hurt animals and he, you know, he killed his mother and he slept, walked, he peed the bed and he wore masks and he started fires and his but, name was yeah. originally Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, literally, as as the box, as the lazy box ticking exercise, this might as well have been. It kind of feels like a slightly worse written introduction to Rob Zombie's Michael Myers. What, like, what if you Googled how do how do you become a serial killer? Yeah, and you just cut and pasted that into the script. And it's just, and it's all in this one scene though. Yeah, so it's not like we get a collection of things that lead up to it. Just one night. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, not oh, like, yeah, Pepper throughout the season, it's like, oh, Cam really doesn't like dogs. Oh, 
Cam, you know, Cam likes to hide his rubber underwear or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you do. Like the, but there's a whole, it's a kind of whole series of things where I thought, very much like yourself, they could have had things like, they could have done the old usual suspects thing where we got a reveal at the end of this episode. When you actually go back and think about some of Cam's interactions, they don't quite marry up. Um, which, you know, would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. The problem in this one is, Bo, the biggest problem in this, <laughs> the biggest problem is... Yeah, tell me what the problem with the finale is, Duncan. Episode number one, we were like, we think Cam might be the killer, right? So by this point, I don't need to know, I don't need to know seven hours into this TV show what the five-second introduction to what made him a killer actually is. Yeah, it, in fairness, we clock this early. early. Yeah, early. So, uh, but so, even then, though, like even if you, even if this was like in the previous episodes, you were like, oh, "It's Cam." <laughs> yeah, my eyes deceive me. Like the next episode, that that small introduction doesn't do anything really, except say, "Well, he was a troubled kid," right. which I'm going to guess that anyway because he's a fucking murderer. In a really bad seed kind of way, like he did that on purpose yeah. and was happy about killing his own mother. And, Who, and by so he wasn't a nice person and not that I'm judging, but right. But you know, let, let's argue over who deserves to be shoved downstairs by their evil bad seed child that he, she probably created, but you know, yeah, she a hundred percent created, but I'm nature over nurture here. Um, so we cut to Cam yeah. as an adult who is uh, carving a jack-o'-lantern by just stabbing it in the face. <laughs> it's like, because Halloween, Bo, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, because, yeah, of course, we've got to end on Halloween, which is also, hoi to toy, it's me birthday. <laughs> Megora. <laughs> so, um, you know, Cam uh, in this scene is like, Sarah, I, say what you will about the executioner and all. Yeah, I love this because there's a lot of side eye in the way you say that. Yeah. Maybe this guy wasn't all that bad because the town, you know, it had a lot of dark secrets which were exposed from some bad people who, I mean, just aren't around anymore. I mean, I'm not saying what he did was right, but maybe the end result was a positive. Yeah, and Sarah <laughs> is like, hoi to toy, you know, maybe you're right, Cam. And I, I was like, what? No, in the previous episode, you, you slit your hand and made a blood oath to bring the head of the yeah. killer in. And she does, at the end of it, she's like that, you know, things are just starting. Wait, why do they get a load of me? You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, I can't wait to see this vengeance that she will wrot upon this town. Uh-huh. And then the next episode, she's like, well, maybe the executioner wasn't a bad guy. Don't agree with the killings, mind you. But he did have a point, Bo. You know, I've been thinking about it. Maybe he wasn't so bad. Uh, so. <laughs> anyway. It's three months on as well, by the way. So yeah. once again, time, time is a flat circle in this show. Uh, it is revealed that this is three months on from when June died, which yeah. was like one day before the, the girl was found in the basement and two days before um, Tom swan dived onto a bleed um i'm surprised i'm surprised she doesn't have a kid yeah (laughs) she's a young mother but anyway so then reverend weirdo walks in on him 
yeah. as they're you know kind of getting a little chummy and he's just like wait a second what the fuck's going on here yeah and cav is like hey it's her birthday tomorrow so you know along with halloween we're gonna have a good time and uh you know of course reverend daddy here who was just recently <laughs> accused oh, it sounds like the worst part of ever reverend daddy <laughs> oh on your knees it's time for absolution from reverend daddy and his altar of enemas um... oh wow <laughs> that's not where i thought we were going but okay <laughs> yeah I, i've been in lockdown too long though <laughs> and also obsessed with your ass a little more than i would have expected <laughs> so it's the logical place to go after a, a year in the house <laughs> Yeah, you just reach the point where you're like, "Well, I've looked at everything else in the house. It's time to get time to get real comfortable with my asshole." <laughs> it's time. It's time I became friends with part of me that I've never really, you know, shook hands with. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one of us isn't going to be happy about the next twenty four hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we're both going to be especially happy. Um. I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> so Re yeah, but Reverend Daddy is like, "Happy birthday, Sarah!" He is like still giving her shit. Well, of which course, I kinda, which I, I kind of love. He's still giving her because I and his head does he still think she is behind it? Because this is like this is what I was kind of thinking like when I was watching this year. Because I was like, the previous episode. What you asked me at the end of the last episode, what I thought was going to be the big revelation in this one. And my big theory was, uh, was one that um, uh, Dylan was going to come back and save the day, which we're going to get mm -hmm. to that. But the second thing was that the father was in on it. <clears throat> right. And yeah, well, yes. And I, I thought that was a real good call, but not the case. No, because once again, why? <laughs> why would they do that? Why would they, why would they give us that? Well, he's been feeding his son religious sermons, which his son is taking. You know, we're not going to do that. So I think when he comes in and does this, he still blames Sarah. I think Sarah's behind it. Or, um, yeah, just it's just a whole, It doesn't. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all because it is very much like a oh look who's here. It's Sarah, right? Whoop de do, Sarah. That's right. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, it's your birthday? Is it have another year in this planet? Did you? Oh, that's great. You know, it's, it's so sarcastic for a man who's literally preaching turn the other cheek. Mm. Um, he's very he likes to hold a grudge. Um yeah, he's Sarah, well, he's an Irish priest. Sarah has to go. Um, and thank God because this scene is excruciating. Because Cam don't know what it's about. Like in this last episode, he does have the characteristics of a trap child. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like he's, he's kind of and we're going to cut the pumpkin and go trick-or-treating and mm -hmm. you know like and all this and I'm like mm, I don't like this <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I like when he when Cam you know fucks off that uh river daddy is just like oh my poor crazy ass son because <laughs> like, well, because the thing is like the like you <laughs> so like we, we get a scene coming up which forces him to think maybe my son is the killer. And mm. it like he's like he's trapped like he's locked away all these memories in a box not to be remembered. Uh but like Cena has to go at the shop. Well Man, the speaking of plot lines that go nowhere. Why did why was this even a thing in the show out with this is why she's moved back to the town? 
so, yeah. So she, her her gallery, her art gallery, is now super popular among goth kids. Yeah. And one presumes because of her association with all the executioner murders and so forth. Yeah. But oh my god, this is so stupid, Duncan. So it opens with <laughs> her having this it. conversation <laughs> with this like lesbian goth couple. Yep. And the one of the lesbian goth girls is like, uh, so can I have any painting that you've painted yourself? Yeah, money is no object. Right. And her girlfriend is like, money's no object. What are you doing? And she says, Duncan. Yep. This is not made up, by the way, ladies I, and gents. This is how Slasher perceives goth lesbians. Yes. She says, you know I get six figures drinking blood on the internet i get what figures drinking blood on the internet is almost as preposterous as in the previous episode whatever that reporter who just disappeared she didn't come back for the last episode no lisa and fellows is gone she's fucking gone she's she gets one line in this episode yeah yeah, uh, remember when Lisa Bellows was like, uh, my, you know, my 100,000 square foot, like, the whole state of New York is mine. Yeah. Uh, I, I own Central Park. She lives like, it was Upper upper West Manhattan or something, where yeah. she said she owned like, it was like 500, 1,000 square foot property or whatever. And I, I was like that time going, who, who is she, Oprah? Well, apparently in this world, you can just make money doing anything because you can get six figures for drinking blood, which... Isn't the issue here? The issue is that this might be a rift in the relationship because it's not the blood of our lesbian lover. I I get it from other people. I thought we've had this conversation before and I'm like, what are we doing here other than a really shallow, you know, projection of what you think? By the way, incidentally, a lot of people that'll be watching this show uh, are horror fans who have yeah. to like music. All you're doing is shit on your fandom. Um Right, yeah, it doesn't like the people that would be watching this show. I, I, I don't yeah. understand it. It's like a needless dig. Um, but then, Bo, then Bo, mm-hmm. our favorite character, who's two grand, uh, two million in debt, and we've not come back to that. Who's doesn't get mentioned again. Our boyfriend was murdered. He seems to have plenty of money for some day drinking. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Day drinking. Well, when, uh, you're, when you're that much in debt, it's like not being in debt at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like if your trousers are wet because you've had to walk through a stream, you might as well piss them than open them to take a piss. Right. You know I mean? well, what's the point? Like, hey, 30 bucks one way or the other ain't going to make a, a dent yeah. in this. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, and, and Robin even makes fun of these goth kids when he comes in. Yep. And he's like, what's all these Cure fans doing here? Wink, <laughs> wink. And you're like, hey, dick. What, what are all these slasher watchers doing in here? How about just paying my bills, you know? Let's just yeah. not look at gift horse in the mouth. And and he's like, look, uh, I've been sitting on, uh, you know, my depression for a while ever since my, you know, husband frothed at the mouth and died on the floor of our home and all. So uh, I decided that I was going to throw a Halloween party in his honor. Yeah, because he loved throwing those parties that apparently were one of the reasons we ended up in so much debt. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out it, it, parties are expensive when you mm-hmm. throw them the way that we did with all the cocaine and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sarah's like, look, I appreciate you asking me, but I believe I'm just going to walk the beat and then go home <laughs> and eat some candy. 
they're going to send one of my guys to the hospital. I'm going to send one of theirs to the morgue. What are you doing, Jimmy? (laughs) 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 The root root of the impression comes out. (laughs) And then... Uh, Robin is like, you know, I'm going to get you to come to that party whether you like it or not. He's like, all right, just call the call box. How do you open it with me key? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So so we cut back to Cam's house where he's doing like marine push-ups and shit. Well, this is the th- this is what I love about this is like like his dad comes in and says, uh, kind of looking kind of looking fit there, son. And he stands up like this guy is not only serial killer, <laughs> fucking like went through some like like proper hardcore fucking training, stamina for days, rippled chest, and all the rest. Yeah, like, it's like he's gonna be in like, a Marvel movie or something. Oh, <laughs> Got him, got him on that Chris Evans diet where they're like, "Look, you've got to, you've got to have abs on your abs." <laughs> oh, you, you may, you may have a looky. We have an executioner. Hello, <laughs> hello. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm here for the the Marvel movie. Uh, <laughs> I got the stomach and everything. He's literally, like, like, if you're the dad of this psychopath, right, uh-huh. uh, who's shown like bouts of you know mania um, and physical outbursts, the last thing you want to do is make sure he has weights and training facilities in his room. You want to be feeding that kid like fatty food, like pizza, to, like to cheesecake and shit like that. All the things that add, <laughs> yeah, add weight and take years off your life. Not like the stuff that he's been eating. And fucking bench press and all the rest. He's standing there, chiseled chest, like, yeah. like hard as could, a rock. Yeah, abs that you could you know wring your washing out on. Um he's just like oh, this. and his dad's like, you know, um it's maybe not the best time to be, you know, wooing Sarah and that your wife's only been dead three months. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, just think just think of how it looks. Doesn't look it looks unseemly. Uh, to which Cam, <laughs> the first bit that did make me laugh a lot, Cam just grabs him and throws him on the ground, and Reverend Daddy holds his knee like Peter Griffin for like a. <laughs> oh, and, and, and does he lie? He's like, oh, he was flung to the ground. Yeah, not particularly hard, but is laborness like fuck right he's not getting up he's he's done he's done and cam's like you know like you're you're not my real dad dad um you know like you can't tell me what to do i'll do what i want to do me and sarah are meant to be together i love her and then he's like straight away he's like that do you want me to drop you off at the church it's just yeah. driving that way you know we could yeah, you know, carbon footprint and all that we could save some cash um i could drop you off if you want he's like no um <laughs> ah <laughs> Uh, no, I'm fine, son. Uh, it's okay. And then Cam puts his top on, fucks off, and then he, like, to the priest's credit, he waits until he hears the engine start, which is quite a loud engine, considering mm-hmm. where we are in this house, and the tire as he skids away, and then what does he do, Bo? What does Reverend Daddy do? Well, he goes, ironically, into the closet, <laughs> where he finds the, the cedar trophy box. The really well-hidden cedar it, trophy box. Right. 
immediately finds it <laughs> opens the door and there's a neon arrow above his head it's here incrimination it might as well have been one of those things where he opened the door and a bunch of them tumbled out like shoeboxes, <laughs> just full of trophies and knives and bloody bits of hair and whatnot. I mean, say, say what you want to say about Dexter. At least he kept his blood slides hidden behind the aircon unit. Yeah, it, it, right. Trying not to get caught. Yeah, and, not in the shoe cupboard. I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, I love how he opens the door first and the first thing he checks is his shirts as if there's going to be some evidence in the shirt pocket he just sniffs it real quick nope nope <laughs> doesn't smell like death <laughs> this is not the, the starch of a murderer so <laughs> so while we, we now have Reverend Daddy hot on the trail of his killer son yeah. Dylan shows up at the gallery where Sarah is fielding more sales from goth people. And even Dylan's yeah. like, what the fuck is going on with these goth kids in here? Yeah. They're paying me bills. How about y'all shut up? <laughs> but like, she's like, he's like, um, but the thing is as well, what I love about this is our birthday isn't, right, our birthday's Halloween. Uh-huh. Right. Am I wrong? This isn't Halloween. This is the day before Halloween, I think. Yeah, this is what I thought, which yeah. makes this scene problematic in that Dylan says that the reason he's come to see her is he's been trying to phone her and she's not answering and it's her birthday. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, it's the wrong day for a start, Dylan. <laughs> he, well, he's a bad husband. It's, it's tomorrow, but you would think you would remember that considering you stalked me before. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> remember those murders that you really got fascinated by? Hello? <laughs> so, <laughs> that baby that was cut out of that woman's belly? Hi! Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like just... He's it, like, you know, you're not returning my calls. And she said, I don't want to speak to you. Our whole relationship's built on a lie. Uh, and off you fuck. And to his credit, he, he does... We, we get some information here about how humble he is, Bo. I mean, he turned his back on all that money. He turned his back yeah. on the book deal. And now he's a lowly owner and runner of a newspaper <laughs> that, yeah right that's what he says like i'm just the humble editor-in-chief of a small town paper <laughs> I'm like what that's not humble that's it's a you position of power the, you control the media yeah for a whole town yeah that's as like, as you proved earlier this year yeah like this is like uh, you you essentially have the power to make or break or character assassinate anyone you like historically speaking the owner of a newspaper Maybe less, less now because it's more like media corporations. But the owner of a newspaper was maybe the most powerful person in a town yeah. or a city. But you controlled what people read, and he's like, "I'm just a lowly." <laughs> I just have my lowly home at Xanadu, and these <laughs> these lowly giraffes, and oh I'm these oh so humble tigers that uh, I keep in cages. I'm just a simple paper owner, blessed with many friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, you come and to me <laughs> as a friend. Um, I, I was like, like one great humble brag, bro. Uh, right. Two, like that—that's not the issue. The issue is not your status or your involvement in the case. It's predicated on the way that the the relationship was constructed and built mm -hmm. on. It's built on a lie, Dylan. Take the hint and off you fuck. And Bo, he, he fucks off. But. but all of this has been observed by Cam, 
who is practically yeah he's like hiding around a utility pole <laughs> like a pole that because he's so broad well the, yeah. <laughs> the work he's doing isn't really hiding him because the rest of his body's at the other side right and he's so jacked he's practically like bending the thing in half like a toothpick where he's just like i hate i hate dylan so much but he's kind of mm, mm, yeah, yeah. He, it's just like yeah. He's it is ridiculous. You really have to see how dumb how dumb it truly is. And and so before he can go after Dylan, he gets a text from Reverend Daddy, and Reverend Daddy is like, "Hey, I need you to meet me at the church." And he's like, "Ah, oh, curses! I can't get my revenge on Dylan. I got to go meet my daddy at the church." Mm-hmm. And so he finds Reverend Daddy at the church kneeling down and praying before the big cross. Yeah. And he's just like, come pray with me, son. <laughs> and and he and he does. He kneels down and he's like, hey, Reverend Daddy, why are you crying so much? He's, he's doing the whole way. He's like, Lord, I seek forgiveness from you. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like he's like Ron Burgundy when he's trying uh, to talk about backstories like that. I'm in a I'm in a glass case of much. He took him and he <laughs> there's <laughs> there's some quality wailing in this episode, and this is just the first the first of many wails we'll get. But yeah, and uh, <laughs> so Cab is just like say. Is something going on here? You seem especially upset. You were fine when I threw you on the ground and hurt your knee this morning. Okay, yeah. it didn't look like that was all that bad from all the kneeling you're doing right now. I thought we were cool. Like, I offered you a ride and everything. And <laughs> After threatening your life. I mean, yeah. that cancels it out, doesn't it? Threaten and abuse your dad. Um, offer him a lift. Cancel. Yeah. Even Stevens. Yep. Done. And... And Reverend Daddy uh, is like, Cam, I know that you broke man's law, but more importantly, you broke God's law. Now, I can help you with that part, so I, I want you to pray with me. Yeah. And Cam's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me ask you uh, one follow-up question about this whole God's law, man's law thing. <laughs> so, once I'm cool with God, uh, what do you got in your head as far as that man's law part of things goes? Which I think is a great question. Actually, yeah. one of my it's one of the better lines in this show. It's like because as a real like right, I can I, right understand you have the power to do one thing, but I don't know if you've got the power to do the other thing unless you don't see anything about the other thing and we just focus on the god thing, right? Which is my preference as a killer. You know what I mean? It's like we just forget everything else and we just focus on that yeah i'm sorry for what i did i shouldn't have done it god please forgive me seven hail marys a wafer biscuit and some wine yeah i mean i can i can do that but if it's the other bit where you know like handcuffs and prison cell and you know you come to visit me look at what happened with tom he hated those visits i mean i don't want to do that but can we just can we just and he has it with that am, am i a bad dad you know, like, yeah. like I, you know, I, I knew that you'd done something wrong and I, I put it away and we never spoke about it again and I loved you. And your mum maybe wasn't a great mum and I was like, do you think? <laughs> you were, you woke up when she was screaming about adult, you know, sort of child diapers and like forced and humiliation and all the rest. But like, he, he, I mean, to the reverend's credit, maybe he's like, I, I have to do what I have to do. And then Cam gets a bit teary-eyed. Sure. Well, because he's going into what uh, uh, sociologists refer to as the berserker rage uh, of a a psychopath. Yeah, where where 
it's not planned killing this is just right this is just i'm trapped i gotta i gotta figure out how to handle some shit so step one choke slam his father again <laughs> god almighty the man's got a family oh look at this Kev's choke slamming reverend daddy middle of he's the put him to hell he's put him to hell <laughs> so uh, and he chokes him to death ch- right in the middle of the uh, uh, middle of the day in the in the church, right in the center of a public building. Yeah, <laughs> and then just takes off. Oh, anybody see that? <laughs> He's like, I got to poop. Everyone's yeah, uh, <laughs> and so he leaves. <laughs> but I was trying to work this out here because he obviously take. Well, we see later on he he has taken the body from the church. But I'm just wondering how you do that. Churches are big open part of town, big open car park and he's just gonna walk out with his dad draped over his no you do it with strings weekend at bernie style where everyone <laughs> thinks yeah yeah they just puppets him along and everyone's like hi reverend daddy and he waves his arm and stuff and... <laughs> like like pennywise in the, the remake it waving that kid's hand yeah yeah very much so yeah uh, <laughs> and, and so Sarah then goes back to her house mm-hmm. where she packs up uh, Brenda, Brenda's ashes, uh, some clothes. Or dressed her so Brenda's still gin infused ashes. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll see you at the this. crossroads. <laughs> so. A paper, the the newspaper thumps against uh, the door, and she goes to to get it. And mm. there on the front page is a special editorial just called "I Was a Shitty Husband" by Dylan. Yeah, which by the way, remember when he said he was a like lowly, humble uh-huh. owner editor of a newspaper? You have the ability to, on the front page of your newspaper, post an apology to your wife. Right, and. It starts off with like this whole uh, bit about Ralph uh, or Alfred Lord Tennyson, and you know he said it's better. But it basically to a- calls him wrong. Uh, yeah. Right? So the, the fucking balls on Dylan, right? To first the to open your thing where Tennyson's wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know who's a big pussy, Alfred Lord Tennyson. <laughs> and l- let me tell you, Lord Byron, what I wouldn't give to punch that motherfucker right in the face, right in the puss, right in the puss. Um, Byron's puss sounds like like I don't know like an unscalable peak around a, like a craggy bay. Hey, you're going to Brian Byron's puss, are you? <laughs> you better be having a guide. It sounds like the name of the island and the lighthouse. Uh, trapped on. Br- How long do you think you've been here on Brandon's puss? <laughs> <laughs> Say you like the lobster on Brandon's post. <laughs> Join us our next episode for a live reading of uh, the lighthouse. Oh man, we should do that. We, should, yeah, we, we could, that. you know, that's a that's a, a two hander. That's a totally doable thing. We could actually do that. All right. Well, you know, uh, after, after season two of Slasher. Um, <laughs> So, anyway, while Sarah is reading all this, we cut over to the police station where Deputy (laughs) Shawarma 
Yeah, remember everyone's favorite goofball? Right, from the last episode and maybe episodes before that? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I can't remember that far back now. And he's like, boy, if she doesn't take him back, I will. And I'm like, well, here. <laughs> Cam is not having any of it. He's like, no, he's, he takes the paper right off him. He's two steps away from rolling up, smacking him on the nose and telling him, bad dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, don't you have a murder to investigate? I mean, nothing. Uh, uh, but if you happen to go by the church, uh, you might peek in. Huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, at some point, somebody discovers a body because it it's common knowledge at a certain point, but there's never... Anyway, we'll get to it. So, We're get to, yeah. so after uh, his front page gambit, Sarah and Dylan kind of take a walk by the lake and she's like, you know, writing that was real brave, <laughs> which is not true at all. It's not brave. It's not brave yeah. if it's your publication. Right. And it also, what does it say? I love my wife and fucked up. Yeah, you know, that's doesn't take courage. You'd already said that as well. You've, you've delivered no new information here at all. Uh, like at all. All you've done is, published and you could have wrote a letter i would have had the same but anyway like once it like with the dinner the special dinner that he made right on the eve of them breaking up sarah's really easy at forgiving people but i love this where she's like um she talks about you know i wish you'd never come back to this town and he has a great line actually where he's like that well i would would still be you know our relationship would have still been built on that lie though regardless you just wouldn't have known um, yeah yeah which I, I think is a he, i i, I that's a good point, and I, I like the fact that Dylan's making that point. However, this character is so much a scumbag for most of the show. I don't give a fuck about him, like at all. Even a lot, their relationship could just not go anywhere, and I would not care. Yeah. Um, well, and you also don't really get that turn where he goes from being a good guy or for being an asshole to a good guy. He's just like, Hey, you know, I got rid of Lisa and fellows. Like when, when did that, when did you have that talk with her? Where yeah, you're like, that, she was like, she was a pivotal character for, yeah. for and now all of a sudden she's gone and we're not even, we're not doing anything about this. Um, right. But, but he tells her like, I've got nothing to hide anymore. I've laid my soul bare. It's ironic because if we'd met each other now, I, you know, like we would have such a great basis for a relationship because, hey, we could be honest with one another. And I've never been that with you before. Yeah. And this and is also me. That, that book deal that we turned down would have made us millionaires, but it's okay. That's all right. It's okay. I mean, it's gone. That ship sailed. I mean, that offer that offer is off the table. Yeah. I mean, we would have been rich. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're talking generational wealth where even our kids would probably yeah. not have had to have worked, but. You know, yeah. we could have been philanthropists, but <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, meanwhile, Cam lockpicks his way into their Did house. You see, there would have been the Rockefellers and then us. Right. right? Then Oprah and then Lisa and Fellows. That's the order of wealth in America. We could, and then Jeff Begos, and then <laughs> Yeah, we could have had that 12,000 square foot, uh, you know, West Side apartment or whatever the fuck. Anyway. So, but yeah, so Cam, uh, picks his way into the house and, uh, and then immediately because the show can't be patient for shit, um, immediately Sarah finds a duffel bag. Cause it's in the duffel bag. It wouldn't yeah. be hidden. Once again, your murder stuff just seems to be left 
just lying about the place. Well, but it's meant to be found here because it's Dylan's duffel bag and inside is a cedar box. You know, it's the cedar box with all the trophies. And yep. she's like, Fate Bigora! He's the killer! About, yeah, what I love about what I love about this is there's because no, like, time moves quick, right? So there's no what you know, he's just he's said sorry to me, we've reconnected. I think we may actually have a chance. Now, like the next scene is Dylan in the newspaper room talking about all the trivial stuff, like a cat wrote a, rode a jet ski and like all the, the, the shit stories that the town can post. And then like the full police force bust in the door and fucking arrest them. Like so the she didn't think about this for any time at all, Bo. This like didn't like, remember when she was sympathizing with the idea and concepts of the executioner? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like that th- that that didn't go through her head at all. She saw the box, she opened the box, she got on the phone and Cam is there all guns blazing. Yeah. All within the space of like literally on the show, it's like sixty seconds you go from planning the evidence, her finding it Dylan's now under arrest. And you're yeah, like, no, you go, what? you go from them standing on a pier, yeah, looking like they're going to get back together. Then Cam's broken in. Then you know she finds it. Then Dylan's getting arrested in sixty seconds. It's yeah, oh, fucking nuts. The whiplash continues because then we immediately go to Cam and Sarah together at his place, <laughs> and he's like comforting her, and he's like, "Oh, baby, we just married the wrong people," is all. I yeah. should have waited for you. And then she says, you know, I thought my husband was brave on account of writing that article and all. But then <laughs> now I think you're the bravest man I've ever known. I just think we're throwing bravery out here like Skittles. It's just yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's like, you keep really... using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then weirdly, Bo. Yeah, the they open the 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 good book, the gospel of DBCC, mm-hmm. and you read on chapter one, verse one. They, they should, should be, be fucking. fucking, yeah, and yeah, and they, get off, and they have some dirty sex. Do, all right, some some. I'm about to read you your rights. I am pressing your head into a fucking wall with the back of my elbow, uh-huh. <laughs> like, like a like a like a suspect who I have plenty of evidence on. You're about to be probed. Um, also, FYI, they have just caught red-handed the yep. the executioner. Yeah, and Cam decides to take a fuck break in the you middle of the a- day. <laughs> Because after they fuck, he's like, I, I need to get back to the station on account of us having, you know, caught this serial killer and all. And yeah. uh, you want me to pick up some food later when I come yeah. back? Because I'm definitely not going to be there late. I mean, he's, there's. He's, he's on the radio. He's calling a, uh, a, a, a 169, 69, boy, you know what I mean? And they're like, oh, cheeks on a fuck break. Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. They're they're like sending 911 messages to his beeper. He's just ignoring. Hey, Someone's oh. robbing the town bank. Um, we've we'll, we've caught a serial killer. There's been a robbery, and also the dam is about to break. Um, all right, all right. Uh, give me about twenty minutes. I'll be there. Crazy Joe that lives on the hill says that he was the second gunman on the grassy knoll. Yeah, it's fine. I'll be there in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 let me get it wet. I'll be there in a minute. And but Sarah uh, tells him like, you know, I think I want to be alone tonight. Um, so. He leaves and starts grilling Dylan in the interrogation room. Which is maybe one of my favorite. 
favorite scenes at all because he's just like literally like so just go around killing people at the execution of the gym. Did you? Oh, it's just like like some some nails that you just like tore out of this woman's. And the picture gets slid over. And he's like, oh, like that. And he's like, yeah. Did you do that? Did you did you like that, Don? Did you like it when you tore nails out? Like, did you use pliers? I bet you used pliers, didn't you? Didn't you? And he's like, uh, uh, right, Cam. You know me. It wouldn't be me. And I'm like, that's not gonna work here, buddy. And like, like Cam's dicks real hard, even now after he's fucked your, he fucked your wife. Oh, uh, you fucked my wife? You fucked my wife? Fucked, <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I am your, I fucked your wife. I am your wife. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but he's like, he's sliding like more like, uh, maybe it was this. And Dylan's like, well, listen, I think I want a lawyer, which to be honest, I would have thought he would have said at the fucking start. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been like, lawyer, because I am the press and I know my rights, lawyer. And um, but no, no, he calls his lawyer at that point, and then no, he does. Oh, he he asks for the lawyer, and Cam's like, yeah. "Not tonight." Well, yeah, willful disregard of the law here. Like at this point, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like mm, that's not allowed. If he asks for a lawyer, he gets a lawyer. You don't let him stew overnight. But yeah. you've also not charged him with anything. Right. That's the other thing, right? So Miranda rights. Proper right, but this is all Canada, and who knows how they run the law there. Oh, I, I not, think it's all. Well, it's not shots fired here, boy. I think it's all pelt based. <laughs> how, however many pelts you can bring, that's how guilty you are. Bail so, is set at seventeen beaver pelts. <laughs> now, now go on, Frenchie. Um. So, Sarah, I love you, Canada. I love you, dude. This is this is my favorite scene of the whole show. Is Sarah at home flipping through an old like Camp Winnipesaukee yearbook or whatever? But she's just pulled out of the way, and like at no point at all, at no point at all, because the thing is, the thing is, the and we get it towards the end. She obviously grew up with Cam, right, right, but she didn't notice Cam, right, right. which is not what the show is hypothesized all the way through this, is that they were close friends, they have this relationship, maybe a, 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 like a, a embers of a passion which mm-hmm. could have been in the past. But no, 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 she didn't fucking know him because the first thing, the first thing <laughs> she sees when she's flipping through this fucking camp book thing, which one, why would you keep that? But let's get, let's get back to the story. She's flipping through it and she takes a picture of Cam holding what only could be described as psychiatric evidence of someone needing committed <laughs> dude it is fucking ridiculous that <laughs> one of the cgi aged his face back the way to like at them giving them like a almost a jeffrey Dahmer sort of haircut um at the camp yeah. and he's like he's he's holding up a picture and the picture is of literal devils burning and eviscerating <laughs> sinners it's the gluttony picture that they find at the serial killer lair. But you're yep. right. It's just a Hieronymus Bosch painting that this kid has done at camp. And then someone photographed it right. and put it and in the book. <laughs> that That is the biggest problem with this is at no point would a camp counselor be like, that's a good picture. Like at some point they would be like, Cam, did you not draw anything? Did you draw a horse or a starfish, or literally anything else. Like the the, the I mean, the lines <laughs> on the eternal fiery pits of hell are real 
really artistically, I would say they are reminiscent of, you know, William the Conqueror's uh, expeditional tapestries of 1066. I mean, they're really, the work you put in here, Cam, is extraordinary. Let's get a photo. That never happened. What would have happened is, what the fuck is that, Cam? Yeah. That's not Cam Chahui Hui Wicka Wicka. I mean, that's, not, that's not our spirit. <laughs> I like how you've written gluttony at the top so we we know which of the venal <laughs> sins this is. But like, it's, it's the exact same picture. It's, and the thing is, it's, it's so just... Oh, but the thing is, she then brings up her tablet. I, at first I thought it was a phone, but it's too big for a phone. Tablet. And then she just manages to flip through the crime scene photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got the cra- crime scene photo, photos on her, handy, on her yeah. phone. On her phone. Yeah. She, well, she dropboxed it, yeah. Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> I've got I, I've got access to the 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 local PD's Google Drive, um, and she has to do this whole double take of like, wait a second, this picture here is that picture right there. I tell you right now, if I'd seen that at camp, even if it was thirty years before, Bo, yeah. that is burned into my brain. Right, I wouldn't like oh that you know like there's no from that, and then at the same time. I wouldn't be like, it's just done with the two of them looking at one and the other. Like, once I've looked at that one and looked at that one, I know it's the same one. Well, what what you don't know, Duncan, is that there are three things different in the picture. All right? So you have to find the differences between this gluttony picture and the other. And I'll tell you what, what, I'll give you you one little hint. On, On one picture, one of the evil imps only has one horn. Oh, mm. I didn't know that. Did you did you notice that in the bottom corner, Cam had texted out his name? <laughs> Man, it is. It's so fucking. It's so color. This is the break in the case that is going to reveal the killer, right? So this is like think of every other show you've ever watched, every other movie you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Think Silence of the Lambs because the show is Ed Silence of the Lambs quite a bit. Think about how Clarice finally finds. The killer. It's because she sees the moth mm-hmm. flying in the background. Can I quick... use your phone? <laughs> You're really good at that. You're really, really good at that. Uh, I'd like to use these over getting the cars and he's like, right. I love that scene. Oh, just like, so it disappears. But the like that's the reveal. And that all makes sense. The 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 thing that gets Cam caught in this one. Is he drawing from camp that was taken as a photograph, really specifically similar photograph, um, from 20 odd years ago? That she stumbles across in a box. It is fucking ludicrous. It, it, it is truly uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in a television show. <laughs> And I, when I saw it, I, I got so excited, Duncan. I was so excited to talk to you about how dumb this uh, is. It blew my mind. <laughs> I I swear to God, when I saw this, I was like, this feels like a joke. It has to be. Yeah. It, like this is this this whole show is clearly a front for funneling. Money it's just laundering drug money. It's, it must it must be. And like this is that's that there must be. It can't be serious, bro. All right, so on the heels of truly the high watermark in stupid television. <laughs> no, there's another one coming up. <laughs> Sarah then goes to Dylan at the police station, and she's like, you're never going to believe this. It's Cam, not you. 
And he's like, and, yeah. Like, Dylan's like, yeah, I, like, yeah, I know yeah. it's not me. And, like, and if I was to guess, I think it is Cam. Yeah, I totally agree. And she's like, I'll see you later. Um, like, well, she, yeah, I'm off to find you a lawyer. No, don't go outside, Sarah. Whatever you do, don't go out and wander he, the streets. See here, because he's yeah. a killer. And she's yeah. like, oh, baby, bye. Uh, bye. Uh, by you the know, way, I got to be home, Jimmy. My, my shift is over. The lawyer in this show, maybe my favourite part in the entire series. We'll come back to later on. Um, like just genuinely, as a one scene thing, this lawyer, I want his spin off. Right? Y- yes, it, conversations yeah. with him and Shwarma, uh, where they just like, <laughs> which also, by the way, we're going to get to that scene because it's problematic as well. But yeah, so she off she fucks and she uh-huh. she breaks into Cam's house mm-hmm. and she's she's kind of poking around, doing a bit of things, and then she goes into what I would describe as the murder utility room um it's the where, murder mud room where, where it, it couldn't be bothered like so this is like and like you would imagine if you were a police officer even if you were in berserker mode you would know to leave no evidence he has two sinks two ample sinks splattered and full of blood a bloody knife lying out and a couple of bin bags containing severed body parts ball mm-hmm. um and i'm just like Right, I mean, the picture was ludicrous, but now the, the murder room? Uh, right, this is a bit... And she's like, ha-ha, Eureka! Wait a second! Like, So there's no, I'll phone the police at this point because there is evidence. Mm-hmm. This picture thing? Right, that's not evidence, Bo. Right. Well, this right here is fucking evidence. Well, she does call 911 mm. and then hangs up. And I, I, I originally I thought, wait, did she call nine one at one and then Cam answered? Well, I, I thought at first it was maybe she phoned nine one one and then when she phoned it, I was like, oh, she's going to leave the call out, like she's going to trace the call back, the police will come out because no one hung up the phone or whatever. But I, I don't think he did because Cam is out having a drink. Cam is basking in all that. Yeah, I, I rested my, you know, my mortal enemy, and he's going to go down for the crimes I've committed. I've fucked my high school crush uh, in a manner which pleased me. Um, my dad, who was getting all preachy, is now dead, and he's no longer going to have to live with me, which means the house is mine. And wait for it, inheritance. Mm-hmm. And and everything's coming up, Cam. You know what? I'm calling in a, a one seven three. That's the chief's going to get his booze on. <laughs> chief is on a booze cruise. Uh, it's, uh, it's time for the chief to party. Because I, you know, I I put in all those hours not being at work to fuck that lady and then asking Dylan like three questions and then it's time to, you know, put the feet up, take a load off. It it really, really, really is. It's the, it's the old, uh, once again, going back to the the, the Hannibal thing where everything in the movie Hannibal is coming up that Hannibal can just leave if he wants, but then he goes back and, and by going back, boy, he gets trapped and Cam is in the same pickle here because fucking Sarah shows up at the party yes. where like Robin is meticulous, has spent a lot of time planning this party and yeah. all he wanted was everyone to have fun. He's going to get something in his chest in a minute, but <laughs> And it's not a warm feeling? <laughs> his heart did not grow three sizes today. Instead it burst an artery. Um, <laughs> Instead, he's got a severed aorta. He's got some really bad internal bleeding. Uh, he might not make it as well. Oh, it, but we're saying Sarah, by the way, has taken this bloody knife and it's just like, you're coming with me. She's and- taking the bloody knife. No, no, no. She's taking the bloody knife. 
She's then meticulously washed it, removing uh-huh. all the evidence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stashed it outside to be used later on. Yes. So she's interfered with a crime. She destroyed material evidence. Uh-huh. Right. So, right, she is already a criminal at this point. She's the fucking, yes, she's a hardcore criminal right at this point, right? So, like, she, like she's going away is what I'm saying. She's aiding and abetting. Uh-huh. She then goes, she goes, to, like, she chats to Robin really quickly. It's shit conversation. We don't need to go through it. But she's she spies Cam. She goes across. Cam's all like, hey, I didn't know you were going to be here. I mean, uh, but it's great, though. You know, maybe if you want, we can do what we did earlier on because it was kind of fun yeah have uh, you have you read the book of duncan and Bo? it has yeah, some good ideas in it uh, i've got i've got some ideas that maybe maybe we could do some role play like you're like a like a like a, a drug dealer and i you know bust in and you know get you or you could be a prostitute and i bust in to arrest you or you can be a terrorist but that's kind of oh we need to watch what we're doing with that um <laughs> you know, i'm just saying uh but she's like yeah i mean we can totally fill around if you want but not here let's do it outside and i'm like mm-hmm. okay but they're still fucking so that's fine so they go out and she gets into this really specific she's really specific about you must stand here yeah stand right <laughs> here beside <laughs> this neon bathroom or whatever <laughs> yeah this like stand on the x please uh that just happens to be on the ground so she stands there and she's starting to do the makey makey out with him and she gets and this is the, like one of the most did i see that if this happened, everything else doesn't make sense scenes in the whole show, because what I saw, and I need confirmation here, because mm-hmm. I watched it last night, what I saw was her take out the machete, right? Mm-hmm. And plunge it in his chest. Yeah, no, she stabs him real good here. And it goes deep. Yeah. Right, because later on, he doesn't have that wound anymore. Well, he he initially falls down and is like, oh, Sarah, what'd you do? He falls down and goes, ah, And for a second, it looks like, you know, she's actually killed him because uh, Robin rushes over and is like, oh my God, Sarah, what happened? Yeah, did you just murder the chief of police? <laughs> and before she can explain what is going on in her ludicrous plot to to kill this guy, uh, he just yanks the knife out of himself, like it's like not not a thing, but he re- stabs Robin. Yeah, so Robin goes down hard. <laughs> yeah, so he goes down like a sack of potatoes, and then uh, Cam stabs at Sarah and cuts yep. her arm cuts her arm yeah she reacts like she's been cut whereas cam is not acting like she's been stabbed through the chest right okay so he now goes in like robin's on the ground he's in pursuit of sarah we are we are rushing the same residential street that has been shot in every single episode of the show yes he's run up a residential street Badly, by the way, uh, and he's following after like fucking Jason Voorhees. It, it's like the T one thousand is is after. It's yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. it's absolutely so unbelievable. We we have an interlude in between our our finale scenes, which is this is the greatest thing ever because the lawyer shows up in a patch, <laughs> just like a pirate. There's. It reminded <laughs> me a lot. Have you seen that? That uh, it was a video that went around. 
about the the attorney that got the cat filter stuck. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not a cat. I can assure you, I'm not a cat. I'm a person. <laughs> it is that we, we, we just can't work out how to switch off the filter, Judge. Yeah, I'm, it I'm is. Not, I'm not a. Cat. It is 100 that because the lawyer comes in. He's wearing a pirate outfit on, complete with patch, and he's like, "I assure you, I'm not a pirate. I'm a lawyer." Yeah, and- <laughs> it's literally that's your opening line. Uh, yeah, and then but the right Swammer's there, right now. Right, he's deputy Swammer, right? But he's still the police, right? Mm, yeah. Right, even if he's a goofball, he's still the police. And you know what rule number one in the police is? Don't that... talk about the police. Well, <laughs> it's also rule number two. Uh, and rule number three is if it's your first time being the police, you must arrest someone. Uh, right. <laughs> that's, 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 the fourth one is plant evidence. The fifth one is, you know, uh, we'll get we'll get to all yeah, yeah, yeah. Ones as well. Uh, but yeah, like, he's, uh, have you charged my client? And he's like, well, I'm not sure. Not I'll go and check. He's right. like, I'm not it's sure. And then the lawyer's like that. Well, like, come on, down, we're going. Uh, uh, you know, hits him with some habeas corpus or whatever it is. Um, and he's like, right, we're going. Um, and Schwammer just walk, lets him walk out. That would never happen. <laughs> well, no. Not no, in a, not not in a Sch- real... Not right. even Schwammer would be like this. This guy has been brought in because we suspect him as being a fucking violent serial killer who has terrorized the town. And you're just going to walk in and he's going to walk out. Never happened. So yeah, somebody even even if it wasn't Schwarber to do it, somebody in that building would be like, "Hey, is that killer just walking out the front door? <laughs> hey, everybody, go get that killer!" <laughs> He's just walked out here. He yeah, walked out with a it walked out with a pirate. I mean, I don't know something. Like, Look, I know that how this is gonna sound, <laughs> but we have to go get that pirate and that serial killer right now. <laughs> It's like the start of Scooby Doo mystery. Yeah. <laughs> I would have. Ray. That pirate's with that serial killer, Scoob. Right. It's so fucking stupid. But it's only, it's only bested <laughs> by. The finale here. All right, right? so, so the let's finale before the the epilogue, right? Right. This, so this is it. This is this is where it's all been leading, folks. All roads have led to here. Yeah. So Sarah runs back into her house because let's go back to the scene of the crime. Right. <laughs> Locks the front door and then finally calls nine one one. Is like you're never gonna believe it. The executioner is here with a pirate. And they're like, <laughs> well, the executioner's here, and they're like, yeah, we know he walked out with the pirate. No, no, the other one. <laughs> this is a pirate-less executioner. <laughs> so, so <laughs> what, does he have a parrot? No, there's no parrot or nothing. Oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> and then, it, like, like, on top of this, right, so, like, so like, she's doing this phone, and then Cam, who is a machine by this point, mm. uh, doors, locked doors mean nothing to this guy, Bo. Right. I'm a learning computer. I'm <laughs> I are you Sarah from from Slasher? Yes. Boom 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 boom. Boom 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 boom. I want your clothes, your boots, and your skeleton key. Um like, <laughs> like I want your hood and your knife. He gets he essentially gets and and Sarah's like, oh, Right, so she runs upstairs to do a shining in the bathroom, 
Oh, so bad, man. And so, it, it's because... clearly a reference to that, and it's just them yelling at each other through the door. Just, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Arg! I told you to get out of here, you filthy pirate. <laughs> so, so at this point, this is where so Dylan just rushes straight home because he's figured <laughs> Sarah will be home. I don't get this. I really don't get this. Like he yeah. thought, the first thing he was like, oh, "I'm going to go home because that's where Sarah will be, and hopefully I'll stop her from making a mistake with Cam." Uh, so she, <laughs> he shows up, has a has a, a scuffle. I think it's safe to say it's not yeah. a very good fight. It's a pretty bad fight with with Cam. And at first, it looks like he's got the upper hand, but then Cam, trained police officer and built like a fucking Greek Adonis, and <laughs> you know what I mean, spins him around and he starts like banging his head off the ground. Right. Uh, and the whole time Dylan is like you my girlfriend. <laughs> well, and Dylan is like, you know, Sarah run. And Sarah's yeah. like, hang on, let me let me get a good look at this. <laughs> I need to make sure you're okay. <laughs> she takes a selfie for Insta. She takes a, for her Insta story. She's yeah. like, oh, excuse has got my husband. Like, I accused him wrongly. I'm in the doghouse tonight, <laughs> wink smiley. Uh, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like what are we doing, right? Hashtag so, slasher goals. <laughs> she's, she, she runs down the stairs, Cam catches up to her, um, and then we have another struggle where, like, Cam at this point is just like, he's a machine, right? Yeah. And he, he like, two steps away from choke slamming her again, he throws her down. Oh again. my God! Everyone's <laughs> got a family! Um, so like, like, Executioners but, bring it up to signature move! <laughs> This is the bit that I I I was fucking poorless, right? I I thought I was gonna piss myself. <laughs> he like she she hits she hits the ground. Uh-huh. He gets the machete and he stabs at her shoulder. And she goes, <laughs> It is a bellow. I mean, you're right, and it's hard to do justice. <laughs> Me. You've ever seen Ace Ventura 2 when he's at the tribe and they th- he says, throw me a spear and it hits his leg and he goes, ah! <laughs> yeah. the other one, he's on the knee. Ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally what she's like. <laughs> she uh, it's it, like, ah! <laughs> it's amazing. Like, if you have Netflix, just go to the end of, of the finale of season one of Slasher. And you oh. will see the moment where she lets this thing out. It was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I, I genuinely, I had to stop it. And I had to let the, the, the laughter wash out. Um, <laughs> it's up there with the the yell that Rambo gives as he's piloting the helicopter in First Blood 2. And, ah, it's amazing. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense, right? But anyway, like at this point, we get Chekhov's son, uh, which has been mentioned a few times because uh, it's yeah. been in the background a lot. Of things, but it kind of rolls sir. over Chekhov's son, and she can. But the thing is, Cam, like Cam, can clearly see her reaching for the urn. Yeah, through this whole talkie sequence, she's like uh, uh, trying to reach over, and then he starts getting all cutesy with her, you know, like snuggling into her, and you know, being all, we could have been perfect, Sarah, and you ruined that, and if you just fucking love me like I love you, mm. and um, he then decides he's going to kill Sarah, <clears throat> to which Sarah is like, no you're not, here is my dead grandmother's ashes to the head, like Brenda's revenge. Brained uh, with Brenda. <laughs> fucking, like, they're like, how, how, how many times 
did Brenda drop a cinder block in an innocent girl? It's kind of that sort of yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's my here's my murdering grandmother's fucking ashes. Like right off the side of his head, knocks him over, he falls over, and then she hits him out with all this. Like she hits him with a I'm trying to remember the name of the film now. A oh, what's the name of the film where he goes, um Oh, you! Oh, it's, it's, it's the terrible Street Fighter movie. Uh, oh. like, yeah, for you, it was the most pivotal time in the change of rain. For me, it was Wednesday. <laughs> like, you know, like, like literally, you should like you notice me and you love me all this time. For me, I, you know, it was a Tuesday. I didn't, I, you know, I, I never knew who you were and I never paid attention. And he's like, don't say that, Sarah. My head's, I'm feeling a little woozy. Um, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my dad's gonna be so mad at me. <laughs> so mad at me. Um, and so she then gets the knife and it looks like she's going to kill him. And then in the most bafflingly stupid thing that's ever happened in television, and it's up there, it's up there. Mm. It's in the conversation. It's in the next bowl. Dylan comes downstairs and says, don't do it, Sarah. You'll be a murderer. I'm like, listen to Dylan here. Yes. The five O's come in. He's the killer. All the evidence links him back to it. But if the police show up, you're going to be arrested if he's dead and you're going to spend a lot of time in jail before the police piece to get before Swarma pieces together the various puzzles which will prove it was actually Cam as the killer. You're going to spend several days in prison, right? If Absolutely, yes. This is, this is how this works. Also, if you kill a police officer, the police don't ask questions. You know what I mean? You kill yeah. an officer, you're gunned down. That's a how that works. From the police perspective, what has happened is due yep. to police incompetence, yeah, <laughs> the primary suspect in a series of grisly murders has been released by a pirate, a, by a pirate, <laughs> and is now it is now at his home with the yep. chief of police yep. wounded in their in their hands. Yes, and what happens is. Sarah locks the fucking door yep. so the cops can't come in. They can't come in. Boy. Which I don't know what law that breaks, but it's got to be one of them. Yeah. And then. Obstruction <laughs> of justice, I'm sure, is the one. Uh, <laughs> you would think, but also aiding and abetting or something. Oh, definitely. Perhaps. 100%. She's, well, she's already guilty of that. Speaking so, of aiding and. Yeah, but speaking of aiding and abetting, uh, Dylan is like, don't do this, Sarah. Don't do this. And she's like, Hold the motherfucker down. And he's and he like, all right. Changes like that. Yeah, and immediately puts him, oh my God, he's in a sleeper hole. Puts him in a, like, a, like, a, like a modified half Nelson. Yeah. Um, to hold him in place. And then Sarah just starts carving him up, just starts stabbing him in the fucking gut. Slowly. Like, did, did you ever, did, did they have the game Pop Up Pirate in America? Uh, no. Right. Pop Up Pirate is not as filthy as it sounds. Uh, <laughs> Pop Up Pirate is it's a board game for kids, which is a barrel. Uh -huh. And in the barrel, there's a pirate. And uh -huh. you get these little plastic swords. It's kind of like um, Operation. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So you put the swords in the barrel, and randomly, one of them is connected that when you put it in, the pirate pops out. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Right. See, my daughter, Buckaroo. Buckaroo is another kind of example of that as well. You've got Buckaroo, yes? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. Buckaroo is a... a donkey and you put lots of different things on him and when you put too much stuff on him he buckaroos um 
You don't, like guys that you have weird games, honestly. Um, but like, so we have like, guns, Duncan. We don't need we have board guns, games. board games. Like uh, so, our our fun was shooting each other with BB guns. Did you? Do you have mousetrap? Oh, of course. Well, that's, don't be it's foolish. All the same company. It's all the same company that makes them. Anyway, pop up. It's like pop up. <laughs> I, I always like being offended when something is clearly not obvious. <laughs> of course, we have mousetrap, Duncan. That, don't be that classic of American games. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. Who doesn't have mousetrap? But like, so basically, she stabs him in the stomach, right? And I was thinking at this point, I was like, but surely he's got that big stab in his... No, he's not got that big stab in his chest anymore because there's no blood on his chest. So that never happened. Uh, and then she cuts him like about three times. Yeah. And then the police arrive. Yeah. And the police are banging on the door. Uh-huh. And then Dylan's like, Dylan gives her the nod. He's yeah. two seconds away from... Have, it's like... It's, like gladiator his thumbs at the side and he puts it down for it to do a vicious swipe across his throat the same mm-hmm. way her mother died so poetic justice slices across the throat uh, blood sprays on her the police break down the door no one is killed mm-hmm. apart from like no one is shot yeah um, well fade I, to black and yeah. then four weeks later you're like what so it's all, the whole thing was the, the most bumbling inept police department under Chief Schwarwa manages to square away everything that they're not required to be witnesses, testimony it looks like... They're not in jail for murdering this dude? There's no press outside their house after catching that is a story that runs for months. Uh, Lisa Ann Fellows is back at this point. You know, it's all this we've found who the killer is and we've killed her. No, no, no. They're outside the house everything's back to normal. There's a you know, they're packing up um, just when you thought he was dead, they pull right. back in. Robin shows up with a sign. He's going to sell the house. Mm-hmm. We get some dialogue back and forth. I can't believe you're selling the house. We'll just don't tell them that people died. And that wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Which I think that's also breaking the law. I think that's disclosure. I think you have to tell. Right, you got to tell people it's haunted. At this yeah. point, we broke so many laws, but it's, I mean, I mean, Canada. Uh, so, uh, and he's got the, the so his his real his real estate company is still going even though he was two million in the hole and he was told he had to sell that business. That's not that's not a concern. Don't worry. Yeah, so you can I can see it in your face you're worrying about it though. I am don't a little worried. I'm concerned. Don't worry about it. All I'm saying is don't worry about it. And then we get them driving off into the sunset mm-hmm. and playing bad new wave country music, which at this point in the show really punched me in the anus. Um, <laughs> it's insult to injury is what we call that Duncan. yeah this is like this is the, in Scotland it's punching in the anus um, it's not but this. It's, what, what is the expression like uh, uh, shit Fist in your head hole. and punch it or whatever I have no idea what that is um, uh, pop up pirate um, right Ben Laurie <laughs> pop up pirate and, uh, yeah, ben Lo- and, <laughs> but, right. like, they're driving off and then the show's like finished but or wait no, it but wait, Sarah, there's one more thing. You're going to love it. It's a scream, baby. So Robin is then showing the house one day to a million years later. Hard yeah, to say. Yeah, we, we, we don't know when. And it's a family that's got a little girl. Yep. And as Robin is showing the, the parents through the house, the little girl hears a cat. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she's like, hey, oh, that looks like. Bo's cat Tully, who is the one of the most awesome cats that ever was. Oh, and, I never thought of that. Actually. Yeah, and and so she picks this cat up, and I'm like, she's got herself a Tully. Now, 
Yeah. That's a guarantee. That's a recipe for a good life. Yeah, you're going to do some snuggling. And then, he's a good boy. And then she takes this cat's head and just cracks its neck. With, like, Hulk strength. With this Hulk strength. And she don't get a snaps the neck of a cat's like it's a chicken's neck. And this child has an orgasm on screen. She literally goes, oh. Yeah, it is a real, like, oh, finally, I can feel something. And drops this dead cat, rolls inside, and Robin says, uh, oh, there you are, honey. You like the house? And she says, this house feels perfect. Wink. It's too sad. She doesn't wink, but she yeah. should have fucking winked. And that's it. And there. And then. And then the credits roll and the, the song that they chose is just someone going, fuck you, Duncan and Bowl, fuck you, Duncan and Bowl, fuck you, Duncan and Bowl, this show, suck, fuck you, Duncan and Bowl, fuck you, Duncan and Bowl. Literally how this, this, that's what I heard. Yeah. And I was like, oh my. It's got a, a really juicy Tom Morello beat to it though. That... <laughs> so here's the problem, Duncan. Here's the problem, Bowl. <laughs> For the, all right, I, it's hard to synopsize all of our feelings about this season, but I think the Ram Man in the chat has given us the the question to to best summarize this. Go for it. Which is, if we had to rewatch an entire season of television, yeah, would we watch this or X Files season eleven, which we have never seen? No, oh yeah we have never seen that yeah we have never seen it but, never it. but i we... do remember hearing that there was an episode which we never covered yes um in that one which was maybe one of my favorite ideas and concepts yeah. for an x-files episode ever made to do with the mandela effect all right um and that would be almost white worth the price of watching that bad season of television that we didn't watch Hold on, let me. Uh... I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's in that season that we didn't watch. I'm sure the Mandela Effect one was in there, and that it sounded like a really, really, really fun episode. Like when they changed the the introduction music, and mm -hmm. they changed, they inserted them in all the guy, they inserted them in all the things, and even the crack, the the cracker joke at the end. So I've been led to, to believe. Mm -hmm. I believe that was in season eleven. I would watch that episode, having not seen it before, but knowing it in concept before I watched Slasher Season 1 again. All right, let me add this wrinkle and see if this changes how, anything. How dare you add the wrinkles? Go for it. <clears throat> uh, so, obviously, Slasher Season 1, 8 episodes. X-Files Season 11, 10 episodes. So, there's more of it. And there's one good thing about it, but that's still two extra hours for that. It is the one good thing worth the two extra hours. Yeah, because it has characters that I like. Okay, even all right, all right. Things I hate. I I <laughs> think like, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I, I even I if they're doing I things I hate, I really I will be honest with you. There is the the three characters, <laughs> the three characters that I like in Slasher are Brenda, who's not a nice person. Yes, Brenda's amazing. Like, uh, the chief who was really not a nice person by the end and the pirate lawyer who's in it for three seconds so that's literally our three favorite characters in slasher i really didn't like any other character in it at all even a little bit um so and i like Mulder and scully 
All right. All right. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that had we watched season 11 of the X-Files. <laughs> which we didn't. Which we never would. Uh, but I'd probably watch that over, over the season one of this again. Cause it's like I, I, we've been saying, it's super fun to talk about these episodes. It is it's no a, fun to watch these episodes. It's a most chore to get through. It's a chore yeah. to get through. The fun but, comes out of what I imagine the conversation with me and you is going to be. R- yes. And in the finale, I have to admit, I found wildly entertaining because it was just, nonsense it was so crazy that i i was like how are they going to wrap this up in a way that's remotely satisfying and the answer is they don't yeah it's like (laughs) it's like someone took the script and said remember that scene in the movie crank where jason statham has to charge his heart with like like an electrical grid and it's just like ah which would kill any other man but just him up it's like someone used the same physics logic to writing the script here everything is turned up to 11 and that includes all the bad writing all the bad dialogue and just the nonsense and uh, nonsensical plot direction of the whole thing is just cranked up to the maximum um so yeah I, I, yeah it's i mean i'm i'll be honest with you i i'm not holding out any hope at all for season two i i know our conversations are going to be great uh, and I hope that I get that feeling that I got after watching the first episode of the Slasher, where you're like, Duncan, I've got an idea. It's this TV show Slasher. All I'm saying is, watch the first episode. And I watched the first episode, and I come back to you, and I was like, this is begging for ridicule. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do this. And it has. I mean, it is, it's proved to be dumber and more frustrating than even that first episode even dare to assert itself as potentially being. Yeah. Like the first episode is really bad, but it gets worse, which is yeah. First episode surprising. might be the best episode in the season. Whichever one is the one where Brenda shows up for the first time is the I mean, best that's episode. Good. That's good, but in the first episode, we get the death at the beginning, and we get All a right. kid bludgeoned to death with a baseball bat outside and then drive yeah. away up a street it's all like and then at the end of the first episode the, the nosy neighbor gets murdered so yeah like there's like what there's like four deaths in the first episode it is action-packed i'll give you that much and that is to, yeah. is to make you think you should watch this show and then the rest of the show is like haha fooled you <laughs> gotcha um <laughs> hey I'll, here's something that isn't uh, a big trick on the uh the american or really the world public oh. um it's that uh, if you miss this in the up, up front next uh, ne- next week, two weeks in our normal live slot in a fortnight, bro. in a fortnight, there will be a a special in betweener episode uh, before we start Slasher season two, <laughs> which uh, is of the course <laughs> the slashing, um, which is uh, of course Duncan and I uh, going track by track through the very first Duran Duran album, giving little reviews and impressions of uh, of the songs in Trek order. We're going to be using the original 1981 release as uh, the basis of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So you, if have, you, you, you have like basically two weeks to source that album, which is not difficult to source. I'm just saying it's on Spotify. Listened, yeah, if you've never listened to it before, listen to it. Even if it's not yeah. your sort of music, listen to it and then join us as we do something we've never done on Duncan. I, like, I do loads of music reviews and other 
other capacities, but I've never done a track by track review of an album before. So, um, yeah. in that sort of format. So, I'm very excited to do it. And, like Bo mentioned up the front, um, we happen to both be big fans of Duran Duran. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun to, to be like, all right, this track is kind of shit. But, yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> this you is know, the filler around <laughs> this is the slasher of this album, yeah. um, <laughs> but around the corner is Rio, and, and we all know how that goes. Um, uh, so the sand, so um, the sand. Uh, um, we're hold it, hold it, hold, 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 uh, we're historically inaccurate. Hold. Uh, so uh, that show, uh, as we said in the upfront, it will not be live, but it will premiere during the the normal uh, Duncan and Bo time slot uh, at ten thirty Eastern time uh, in two weeks. Also, uh, in those premieres, I'll be around to kind of watch it with you guys. So uh, if uh, and, and Duncan may be as well, but uh, so I will make sure I'm there as well. Yeah. So if so you, you want to watch it, yeah, yeah uh, when we drop it. Uh, and hang out and chit chat with us about Duran Duran and stuff and or music in general, then uh, feel free to. And then if that ain't your cup of tea, a month from today, we'll be starting season two of Slasher. So, you know, don't. Hey, hey, there's no crying in Slasher. Are you crying? There's no crying in Slasher. Uh, so uh duncan in between now and then where can people find you should they want a little bit more yeah they should check me out on podcast under the stairs it can be found at tputzcast.com which is the website which has all my shows podcast under the stairs is the main one search on any of the platforms you'll get it but tputz collective has a ton of extra shows bows on one of them at the moment we are running through the old opera omnia series looking at david fincher's movies and uh, the last episode we put it was the game the next episode just today give you a little taster will be on fight club a movie that i love but bo has seen once or twice and did not then and we want to see if this could be the first real bust up on the show um and dissension in the ranks so you get that along with where to begin with which is covering full documentary and found footage movies and um, chronicle which is on hiatus at the moment and down the nasty which is going through the tier three video nasty list um at the moment, we are about to enter a rare nice spot in the, in the show uh, where I get the, the the chore of having to watch Suspiria again for review because it was on the tier three list. So yeah, every now and again, tough. you get a good one. You get a good one. Yeah, every now and again, you know, uh, sunshine's on, on every dog every now and again. Um, <laughs> so, folks, thanks so much for watching. Obviously, if, uh, if you're watching this, you can find more out of me and everything at Legion Podcast, both uh, here at the, the YouTube channel on Facebook.com forward slash Legion Podcasts over on our Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash Legion Podcasts. Uh, you can also go to legionpodcasts.com where you can subscribe to uh, the entire network feed, individual shows, uh, whatever the hell you want. There's probably some recipes over there. God only knows. Uh, there, there, I, I was doing a page count the other day, Duncan, cause I'm, I'm doing some website renovation, something mm -hmm. like 3000 individual episodes over there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So check out not only the stuff I do, but, uh, got some great shows going right now. 
uh, and and check out the other creators and the shows uh, along with my stuff. Uh, always appreciate you guys tuning in to Duncan and Bo Come Correct. Be sure you are you are rating and reviewing where you are presented with an opportunity to do so. Uh, it certainly helps us out. And, uh, you know, to be honest, we're just going to keep doing dumb stuff that we enjoy doing. And, you know, if you want to suggest stuff, you're welcome to. But we'll probably dismiss it out of hand. Um, but, but we'll do it with affection because we love you. We do. I I don't know that I believe that, Duncan. Give me one more. We do. All right. That one I felt. That one I felt. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you, you have graduated. You don't have to be in Slasher Season 1 now. If you're, you're too good an actor. Uh, folks, thanks for, uh, for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, nothing left for me to do but to uh, turn to my, my, my pal Duncan and say, Say goodnight, Duncan. <laughs> no, no, he's been stabbed in the shoulder. Oh, damn you, executioner.